Welcome to episode 438 of Conversation Street. I'm Gemma. I'm Michael. Hello. I just realised. 438. Gemma, what's special about 38? It's, it's her age. No, it's Gemma's birthday no, today. Gemma's 38 today. Happy birthday, Gemma. Ah, oh, Gemma, my birthday podcast. I'm so excited. It's your birthday, Gemma. Oh, we haven't done a podcast on maybe either of our birthdays before. I don't know whether we've done one on mine before. We've definitely not done one on your before, have we? Okay. We've got a busy couple of days and we thought, how can we get a, how can we avoid recording on Gemma's birthday? But we couldn't. So we're going to, we're going to have a jolly good time. Fortunately, we've got some good episodes of Coronation Street to talk about because I think the worst thing would have been having a moan or just like a uh, ambivalence towards what we were talking about. But there was some good stuff this week. So Gemma, have you had a good birthday? You Beginning know. of your birthday month. Very nice birthday, thank you very much. Do do you turn West Country when you turn thirty eight? So I gotta watch out. Down in Hampshire, turn thirty eight. We we get our, to our final like form, this. which is this accent. So I'm gonna do the podcast in my real voice, which is this voice. Um, the whole podcast. Don't. Okay. You can't keep it up. You're far too posh. <laughs> yeah, I'm so posh. Thank you, everybody, for your nice birthday wishes and presents. And oh yeah, we did get a few presents. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that was very very sweet. It was I very really sweet and tasty. <laughs> oh no, that wasn't. Oh no, that was somebody else that sent the secret present. It wasn't I got. Us, no. I got a. Um, we got. A, a, I got a gift from one of my writers, yes. and he wrote, "I'm I'm the best editor in the card." Well, well not about himself, about me. <laughs> yeah, and he said he only some nice thinks donuts. that because I'm nice to him. I'm not a very good editor at all, but I am a nice person sometimes. Yeah, but you did get you got some nice um, wishes and stuff from a few of the listeners as well. Yes, so I did. Much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I don't know. I, I didn't get any. Why would you? For Joe's birthday. I did for my birthday. I'm not bitter. And thank you, I'm Andrew, a good mood today. for cider. <laughs> oh, did Andrew send you some cider? Yeah, that's what this is. Oh, I didn't know this. Yeah, look. It's got a little bee on it and everything. Oh, we're, that's cool. That is... Worcestershire. I'm not going to be pinching <laughs> any of that. No, you are This is not mine. Oh, that's good. Yeah, we've got, we've got that. We've got some friends coming over tomorrow. We're going to have a nice birthday weekend. And because it is Gemma's birthday, we're going to we're going to try to make this a short podcast. Um, we might just make it a, an intro and street talk and leave it at that because there hasn't been a whole lot of news. And I, I do want to talk about Sally Matthews' running fundraiser. Oh, yes. I don't know whether we just leave that until next week. And apart from that, we, for now we can say if you're interested in donating some money for some very good causes um, and you're a fan of, a fan of Cell, <laughs> then um, you can go and A fan of Cell, which you've now decided to coin as a fail. <laughs> um, yeah, no. go, go and look it up. We'll, we'll talk about that more next week, hopefully. And um, anyway, so there's not been a whole lot of news aside from that. And we have got some feedback, but I'm really sorry. We'll have to push some of it back until next week. But we do appreciate and read and the quiz everything that gets sent to us. And the that we got sent us. by Chris. I know, we got to push that so back too. So we just haven't... It's Gemma's birthday and it's a late start to recording today because it's um, it, it's been a busy day at work and it's uh, we had a, a takeaway and then it didn't come until after Coronation Street had been on. And we had There's lots of drama that happened today. There has to been, be honest. There has been various dramas today. For example, today. my parents' roof leaked. They invited me around for lunch. And then their roof was leaking. My school roof is leaking at the moment. We, we had like at least five or six leaks today. Well, 
my dad went on the roof and I got really weird. I had, I felt really weird and I had to go and sit down because I was freaking out. He's going to kill himself. <laughs> so that wasn't very good. That wasn't very fun. But my mum cooked me a very... Mum and dad cooked me a very nice lunch, so that was good. Uh, what did you have? I don't even know whether I've asked you what you had for lunch. Corn cocktail. Yeah. Well, mum thought you were coming for some reason. Why would you think that? No, no, no. I told her before. Anyway, we're not talking about that now. And then um, she cooked Mary Berry's... Um, ragu mm. with spaghetti. Nice. And then we had vanilla panna cotta. Very tasty. It's all in the kitchen for you to have some. <gasps> That's amazing. I have to have some of that. And garlic bread with, with homegrown garlic. Oh my gosh. Lovely. Right. Well... Oh, and, and mozzarella sticks, which mum got on a flash sale from a card and she's going, oh, I don't like these. Oh, not very nice. But we still had room for takeaway at the end of the day. We didn't so have very much, good. though, did we? No, we had a small takeaway at the end of the day. Say, you're the one that wanted a, You're the one that insisted. I would have been fine just eating my donuts. I didn't know that you'd you have insisted. such a big lunch. Oh, for God's sake. It's fine. Anything else been going on this week that we want to talk about right now? Oh, um, even... I was going to say, um, even though we haven't got a super long podcast, although this week's Street Talk could go on for a little while because there was some good stuff, we have still got our bonus podcast this week. It is out now, and it is all about... Yeah, but can you even remember what this week's bonus what did podcast? We talk about? The Morton family. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, how apt that you've forgotten what we talked about. Oh, no. The Morton family. Who you might be wondering, or old them, you might be saying, yes, if you want a bit of a history lesson about one of Coronation Street's most forgettable families, then um you've, we've got it all there for you. We we got eight characters that we're profiling and one in this week's bonus podcast. Doesn't last too long, but right. it's a bit different. Quiz. Quiz time. Quiz me, baby. 28th of September to the 2nd of October in years ending in a zero and a five. I got this from coronationstreet.fandom.com. 28th. Oh, I haven't got a pen or anything. I have to remember. You got a, you got a pen? Um, I haven't got anything to That's write That's all right. On. I'll type it down. I'll type, I'll type my score. 100%. Okay, go, go on. Right. 28th of September, 1990. Why does Bet take the name... That Ivy heard at the medium, which is Martin, so personally. Because her dead son is called Martin. When when did Martin die? And what was his surname? Oh, I don't remember either of those. Martin died in the late 1970s. I've asked you it because there's a specific reason that I would ask you for that date. Oh, 1980, second of... Oh, no, it's oh. 1975. Oh, man. Zero and a five. Yeah, that's why I said 1980. Hands in a zero. Okay, so I don't get... Oh, I don't know what his surname is. Downs. Downs, okay. 28th of September 2015. Who does Yasmin blame and try to take down for the fire that killed Cal? Um, surely Tracy. Mm-hmm. Callum's mum comes looking for him in the rovers when he goes missing. What's mm-hmm. her name? Marion. Yeah. 29th of September 1980. What happens when Bet's wardrobe? What happens with Bet's wardrobe? And by that I mean her clothes mm-hmm. that she wears mm-hmm. when her flat gets burgled. Um, I know that she doesn't have them anymore, which is why she, which is what leads to the backwards dress incident. So I assume her her clothes get taken. And yeah, obviously. Burglarized. Yeah. No. Oh, I didn't know whether the burglar no, came what, in and set no, them all on what fire. what happened? So. So when I say what happened to her wardrobe, I'm referring to her library of clothes, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so she doesn't have any clothes. No. So then what happens to her wardrobe? It, her library of clothes, what happens to them then? 
if they're gone, then what happens? You need clothes to wear. Well, people, they, they have a whip round in the Rovers to get to donate new clothes for her. Who lends her clothes? Is Annie, Annie Walker lends What's her clothes. I could have been a better rephrased question. How would you have phrased it? Who gave Bet clothes to That's replace her stolen clothes? <laughs> which, Never mind, I've given myself Rovers a point. Which landlady in 1980 gave Bet clothes? And yeah. why was it Annie Walker? Yeah. Next question. I'm on a winning streak. I think, yeah, I think that's right. 29th of September 1995. Which son returns to visit his mother after 13 years and meet his prospective stepfather? 1995? Yeah. He came back after 13 years to visit his mum and meet his prospective stepfather. Why don't I know this? I must have only just watched this on ITV3. He's been away for... Th- oh, No. Who do you th- who are you saying no to? Terry. No. No, they can't be. There's no set 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 father there. Nineteen ninety five. Yep. Twenty ninth of September. Oh yep. my gosh! Everyone's shouting this one out. Some. Yep. Thirteen years. Yep. Visit mum. Yep. Wait a minute. So thirteen years from nineteen ninety five is nineteen eighty two. Not. Oh my gosh. I'm going to look like a right idiot. Go on, tell me. Gordon Clegg. Of course. Of and course. I think of Gordon Clegg, I think Greg's. I was thinking younger. 20, 30th of September 1970. Which street resident celebrates her 70th birthday and receives a hot pot pot from a friend? 1970? Yes. Not... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you were so smug earlier. I know, I was doing so well earlier. Um, Maybe they were just too easy. Annie. No. Who would buy Annie a hot pot pot? I don't know. Minnie? Minnie. Annie was a bit younger than that. Minnie. Dear me. I, we keep watched going, this episode going. when she got given Did a we? hot pot pot because Ina even forgot worse. it was her birthday. Makes it even worse for me. 30th of September 2015. Sally is desperate to win back Tim and tells him the wedding is still on if he wants to turn up. She enlists her Hang on a minute. Are we not just rep- saying what happened in tonight's episode? Sometimes I do make the question <laughs> as an ironic nod to the circular nature, nature of Coronation Street. Mm, you do right. But, um, yeah, the wedding is still on if he wants to turn up. She enlists the help of Craig to send him a message, but how? Oh, they make a giant banner that they hang from the viaduct of Sally's face. Saying marry me Tim or something like that. Craig paints Sally's face on a sheet and marry me Tim on another. Hey, there we go. That was really well done, Micah. 1st of October 2000. Final appearance of which three members of the same family? I'm pretty sure this is the end of that family. 2000? Mm-hmm. 1st of October 2000. Three members of the same family, only one of which you might know, really. So, So one person left, basically. No. Three people left. One main character left. I don't know. The Mallets. Oh, Gary, Becky and Billy. Oh, dear. Not so good today. I got one, two, three, four, five right and five wrong. 50%. You got two left. Four. Okay. Oh, I thought that was it. No. It's not the 1st of October today, is it? No. 1st of October 1975. The Mark Britton warehouse catches on fire. Who does it kill? Fred G's wife. Also known as Mrs. G. Oh also my gosh, what was her name again with an 
If it gave her the lady, didn't it? Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not Edna G because that's who he goes on to marry. It is according to my information. It is Edna G. Okay, so Eunice G. G. Edna G. I, I said I said Edna G. I'll yeah. give myself a mark for that. You confused me for it. I was like, I was so yeah, no, I was I, absolutely I get those sure two Eunice confused. G was the yeah, she was, was the one, and she then was. Edna died. Okay, trying to confuse me. This is called <laughs> gaslighting. <laughs> this is abuse. Second October, nineteen ninety-five. This is your final question. Okay. First appearance of which family? I don't know what family. What year? Calm down. Right. <laughs> Listen to the I'm question. I get over fifty percent. Second of October, nineteen ninety-five. First appearance. Of which family he would eventually only last five years on the street? The mallets, the <laughs> flipping mallets. Yeah. Who do you know? What the two characters who were introduced were called? Judy and Gary. Yeah. When Don't you shake your head at me. This is a podcast. When you know the answer, you're like, "Why are you even asking me?" <laughs> That's good. But they're the second of October, were they? So they have made a, made their debut on your birthday. They did. Amazing. Well, you know, 2nd of October, it turns out, is quite a good day for starting being in Coronation Street because 2nd of October, first appearance of the Mallets. First appearance of Sam on Coronation Street oh. today. First appearance of Abby Franklin oh, three yeah, years ago. True, that's first true. appearance of Pat Phelan. Yes. All of those characters yes, made their day. first appearance on 2nd oh, of October. What an auspicious day that you do. is. Second, it's a good day so for that. So you've got... You, you're going to have to wait two years now before you can introduce anyone else unless you're going to put a Sunday Omnibus on or something. True, true. Or a live Saturday special. <laughs> right, um, that's it. Oh, birthdays. Who has got a birthday the week after you? So many great people. Whose birthday tomorrow? Nobody's. <laughs> Every, everyone's still recovering from your They're birthday. Like, we can't compete with this. Right, 5th of October. It was also, isn't it, um, don't you have the same birthday as Simon Gregson? It's his birthday today, yeah. He had it first. <laughs> 5th of October, Fred Feast, who played Fred G. Oh. Stephanie Cole, who played Sylvia Goodwin. Oh. 6th of October, Eileen Derbyshire, played Emily Bishop. Oh. 7th of October, writer Jim Allen. 8th of October, no Sol Harris, who played as the second Ryan Connor. And 9th of October, Adam Hussein, who played Ardy Allahan. Oh, that's cool. Happy birthday to Adam Hussein. Yeah. He's going to be 19 this year, I think. <gasps> I know. What an age. Right. That is it. Don't, uh, don't, don't let people tell you that this is the, those are the best years of your life. <laughs> are you it ready? It only gets better. You take it from me. I'm living my best. This is the best day I've ever lived. Is it? Is no, it really? No. It's sort of dreamed recording the podcast. It's your best day ever. Probably involved getting a takeaway. Right. I wonder what my and best day And random money through the post. Has ever been. Wedding you, day. Can I just Wedding tell you day, something? please. No. You know, that day when you had a migraine. Yeah. Can I just tell you something? Last night, I well in the, during the day I entered the um I was going I always play the lottery and I play it through my phone and I always do lucky dips I never have numbers and I um only do it like I play every every game but I always have to I don't have a direct debit or anything I have to manually do it and then yesterday I was like oh I'll treat myself and I'll play set for life which is the one where you play where you get if you win, you get £10,000 every month for 30 years. Wow. And then I was like, oh, that's, that, yeah, that'd be really Sounds good nice. if I could get that. that could be quite and good. then last night, at like 10 minutes past midnight, I got an email getting news about your ticket. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, as far as I'm aware, there is only one prize. There's no other prizes yeah. apart from this set for life. And then I like had this like vision of the rest of my life. And I was like, how am I going to tell Michael? What? 
should I let him sleep? I should probably let him sleep. And I was like, no, you fool, wake him up. We're rich, we don't have to do anything ever again. £10,000 a month, we could just tell everyone to bugger off and not do anything. And then I checked it and I won £5. £5. <laughs> Happy birthday from the National Lottery. <laughs> Can't give up the, uh, the day job yet. I literally then. could see the rest of my life. How long did it take you to... Not that long. <laughs> Too eager. Right, come on. Let's, go, let's do this. Let's do this thing and talk about this week's Coronation Street. We're moving on to Street Talk right now. Right, time for Street Talk. And I thought I... I let, it was one of those weeks this week, I thought, Gemma, I don't know about you. I do, actually, because we've talked about it since. But I, I do like it when an episode of Coronation Street ends, or even a weekend's, and I'm left with a nice, kind of excited, warm, satisfied feeling. And it doesn't happen loads in Coronation Street. Sometimes an episode ends and I'm like, mm, is that it? Sometimes it ends and I'm just like, okay, right, on to the next thing. But today I was like, yeah, that was good. I'm look- I enjoyed pretty much all of that. I'm looking forward to what's happening next. I'm in a good mood to talk about Coronation Street on the podcast this week. Loved it. But... The beginning of the week was a bit sucky, so it was a real week of two halves in my head. What did you kind of, what's your overall mm-hmm. impressions? Yep. Yep, yep. Anyone, anything else to add to that? Gemma says, no, nothing else to add to that. Well, I hope you've got more to talk about, because we're about to talk about the five stories that were this week, starting off with, I don't believe it. Which is what we're calling the Bailey storyline, because it had a massive twist this week on Wednesday. I'm sorry, it's just so exciting. Then we're going to talk about the Toya Battersby story, which is also pretty cool today, I thought. Toya, expensive, you know, remember the pun. Then we got the Prozzy Osborne storyline, and I still love that storyline title. Um, then we had what was I thought was the main letdown story of the week, which was basically getting Carla, Adam, Sarah, and who's the other one? Peter, and just get them all mixed up and talking about their relationships to various people in the other, other people in the group. Um, and I couldn't think of a good storyline title for this, so I'm calling it Breakups, Makeups and Factory Staff Shakeups mm-hmm. because they've got yet another member of um, the street working at Underworld in the office now. Surely they must be outnumbering their actual nigger stitches there by quite a high ratio at the moment. I'm, I mean, never I, mind. I was feeling guilty about, about moaning about there not being any nigger stitching going on because... I do recall them discussing transitioning from a manufacturer to a packing company. Do you remember that? There's something like that, but I'm pretty sure they're still supposed um, but, to be. Yeah, but but then why design things if you're not manufacturing them? And if you're not a manufacturer, why does this guy need to go there to ask them for their ideas? We'll get to it. We'll yeah, get to it. Um, and then we there we had a little bit more of the Todd Squad story today, but not much. So Gemma, I don't believe it. I'm going to pass over to you to, to say this, which was... Mm-hmm. <laughs> this was... Is what I say to that. One of the best shocks of the year. It really, really was. Let, let's, come on, let's just say what okay, happened. Right, we'll listen. gush on, uh, later on. We'll on Monday, Michael's feeling positive, and that's not to do with corona, that's to do with his spirit. <laughs> he tells Ed about his bonus, which he's going to spend on something nice for Grace and Tiana this lunchtime. This bonus that he got from keeping, what's it called, Tom, that, that guy, Tom Reed, I think I he, he showed up again on Wednesday. Kept, kept him busy last week, so. Um, it's nice to know that the, even though the rest of the country is facing dire economic circumstances, 
there's still so much money swilling around Underworld that they can give Michael a bonus for whatever it is you do, Michael. Yeah. Now run along with your extra cash. So uh, Michael phones Grace and asks her to come and bring Tiana with her. Ed comes home at lunchtime and Michael's like, look at this, look, I've bought an engagement ring. Hooray! <laughs> First twist of the week, kind of. But although that was... That was a twist of, Michael, what are you doing? Yeah, you yeah. absolute lump. Yeah, still, I would say it very much in character. Like, it's a stupid yeah, thing to do, absolutely. but it's like, yeah, I seem like I could Nothing that, that Michael ever does seems to be, like, really... Like, he thinks about something for five seconds and then he just goes with it. He's like a big retreat, golden retriever. Um, Ed's all like, yeah, yeah, brilliant. Proud of Michael. But they've got to tidy up. Um, Grace comes round. She hasn't got Tiana with her um, because she's got the runs. Is that what she <laughs> she's said? She's got an upset dummy, oh. which means she's got the runs. But we know that's not really what's wrong with her, don't we? Yes, we do now. Um, she do- Grace does not take this well. When Here's a, here's a hint also to... Um, Michael. To no, men in general or oh. anyone who wants to propose of any gender... If you start to kneel down and your would-be future spouse looks at you in horror and shouts, no, wait, perhaps don't go through with it. Like, even though you really feel like you've committed now, there's still time to stop. And uh, and don't do it with your dad right behind you as well. Was uh, Ed so... was there going, yeah, come on, my boy. That Ed was sitting there expectantly watching them like some kind of medieval court person who'd been brought into the marital bed to observe the first shag <laughs> to make sure that the child the future royal child was legitimate yeah so it, there are also lots of empty champagne glasses just ready talk about presumption i know so that doesn't really create a romantic atmosphere but it, it doesn't really seem to have made much i don't think that proposing on like a a giant opened lotus flower in the middle of a candle-strewn lake would have made much difference to Grace because she looks at him in absolute horror and says, you're two years too late, I can't marry you. And then she says, not only that, but let me think, I'm going to Spain tomorrow and I've met someone else. And there is a bit where... She's standing by, like, waiting for a taxi. And the guy, and, like, Michael's like, what do you mean you've met someone else? And I was expecting her to say, his name is Pablo Taxi, taxi Cab. I, I I kind of still believed her, as, uh, like an idiot. No, I was like, this man, My, this man's made up. Michael's uh, falling for Grace. It's, it's a Michael thing. We, we believe you everything. You're just gullible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he comes back. Tells Ed, both are really upset about this and they can't really understand what... this. Honestly, this was just for the viewers as much as Michael came out of complete no, completely nowhere. Mm. Because she didn't seem like she was coming round to tell him, I'm off to Spain tomorrow. Did she? No. So suddenly she came round start... because she'd been hailed by Michael. Yeah. Come you suddenly on, start to wonder, what is she... Why was she going to snatch the kid away without telling him? Mm. Very suspicious behaviour. James and Michael have a chat, and James is like, "Don't do anything crazy." And Michael's like, "But that's like, like what? That's my been main, an idea in my head. Maybe that's my main character crazy. trait. I don't have a personality if I'm not crazy." Can I just say because we probably won't mention him again for the rest of this, James? What is he doing? He's like ultimate chocolate teapot, isn't he? He just sits there. By that you mean that it's useless. Use- useless. Utterly useless. Just just sitting there staring into space like. He was a bit of a big melon, wasn't he? Absolutely 
he, I understand that they kind of had to put him in there because he's part of the family and everything. I but... thought they were trying to reduce superfluous actors on, on in scenes to like protect people and keep the bubble small and stuff. They didn't really need James to sit there looking surprised. They could have just borrowed Summer's robot. <laughs> Basically, could. I'm sorry, but yeah, James he would... Bot feels bad for you, Michael. I Would scored like... two goals today. <laughs> I love football. <laughs> Sorry, I, I I don't really have a whole lot against James if he's given he something to do. He did just do a lot of, like, looking sad at the floor. Well, or, like... I know, he does actually come into it Wednesday, actually, because he's the one that ends up telling Ed where Michael is for well, some reason. Well, there essential, then. Mm. He's a key worker on, on Coronation Street. <laughs> Wednesday. Michael's phoning Grace because she's never told him where she lives. Suspicious. And she, and she he's like, no, she just said that she was embarrassed and she didn't want me to see her, her house. And um, so he then, then remembers that streetcars took her home in, in Pablo taxi cab. And so he, he, he realises they must know. So he convinces Tim to take Michael to Grace's house by sort of appealing to the fact that He's like, oh, I'm going to be a dad who doesn't, he doesn't see, get to see his daughter grow up. And Tim, Tim goes, yeah, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> he takes him in the car. Um, we don't see anything that happens except later, Grace comes running into number three in a complete flap. Michael's only gone and kidnapped Tiana. She says, I was in the garden with her. Tim about for five minutes or something. I can't remember. And then he ran off with her, and I don't know where he's gone. And he's trying to phone, trying, she's trying to phone him. He won't pick up. And it's like, calm down, calm down. And she's like, I've got to tell the police. I've got to tell the police. Now, I like, I like retrospectively thinking realizing about why what she was, was going so through Grace's head. Because exactly. honestly, when she was like, I've got to phone the police, I was thinking, why is she so worried? Like, she knows Michael's not going to hurt her. She knows something bad's going to happen to Deanna. She just has to wait for her to come back. She said, why, why phone the police now? I'm not really sure why. And then I thought maybe she's got to go on this plane that she said. Well, yeah, she did, because that, that was supposedly going later that day. Help, help, it? I need to get my kid on a plane. But if somebody kidnaps your child, and even if it's the father, if, if it's a... You know, not the, not the father that lives with you or anything, you, you would be probably worried about it, especially you be if, worried, yeah. if, you've been, if he's been spurned recently. I know. And he's just, an impulsive type. It's just like we know, I guess it's more the fact that we know now that why she was worried was not the reason that we thought she was worried. He definitely would be worried because, I mean, Michael's a bit of a dip, isn't he? Yeah. I don't know what he would do with Tanner, but... He's, he's not going to hurt her, but he... He might accidentally, like, enroll her in a zoo or something. <laughs> it's like the... I mean, like he... the double, <clears throat> the clown act. It, it could have just been that he, he was going to take her away, far away, to protect her from having to go to Spain. But in the end, he didn't make it any further than Victoria Garden. What's so. the opposite side of the planet to Spain? Um, I don't know. Probably China. <laughs> so, um... Because it's Ed that's there, isn't it? The yeah, Ed's there. It's like, calm down, calm down. James is there going, James might know something. Press Ed, my button. Ed sees him at the top of the stairs, like, do you know something? And James is like... James is like... Oh, yes. I, actually, yeah, I didn't think I did, but I've got a line here in the script. <laughs> so this is at Victoria Gardens, the, uh, the, the, the hideaway. The place you would go were you to steal a child. It's like, we're not allowed to take, we're not allowed to film any scenes off of the set at the moment, and this is almost as far as I can go, because I don't want to go into Costa. 
I can't if I go if I go into Costa I might fall out the back door into a land of plague. Yeah, so anyway, Victoria Gardens, James is there with uh, with Tiana in his push, Michael's in like, chair. I wasn't even kidnapping her, I was just borrowing her. <laughs> I was just keeping her until they missed their flights. I've got rights. I was like, look, we need, you need to take her back. This is pretty bad. Come on. They go back together to the street. The police surround him. He's got the kid there. It's obvious. Like, he couldn't look more guilty if he tried. And and they arrest him right in front of Tiana and and Ed, which I thought was really sad, actually. It was, but Tiana wouldn't have Tiana known what was care. going on. Tiana, Tiana's... Oh, I was going to say she's, um, she's a chip off the old... James Bailey block, but she ain't, is she? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not related. She just picks it up spoiler. by habit of sitting there going, huh? <laughs> um, But yeah, Ed, Ed's obviously really disappointed about this. Now, now, this was the beginning of... This is where I was like, what's going on here? What is actually happening? And this was so well done. It gradually it gets revealed to you as you, as you sort of try and stumble your way through understanding what's happening. So... Michael's taken to the police station. He sees this other man that he assumes is Grace's boyfriend who is going to run off to Spain with Grace that day. And he's got this unicorn toy. And the man keeps looking at him and shaking his head while Michael's shouting, I'm the dad, (laughs) not you. It's my kid. I don't... Stop trying to steal my my child. And looking back on that, it made me wonder why... The boyfriend didn't say anything at the I time. I think if you were in this situation, you might think this man is mad. I'm going to keep my mouth shut because he could get violent. Maybe. Maybe. Michael, this is but, so but, delusional and, and, and confusing that I think if somebody came up to me and said this and I knew what he knows, I might just not say anything. It, this it's isn't understandable exactly and it, it an argument. build the... Uh, Mystery, this it? isn't exactly an argument about whether you're talking about a cornflower or a dog rose, is it? <laughs> Not quite. This is an argument where you... Oh, how, oh, how things have moved on since last week. Oh, how different. In the drama stakes. <laughs> so. Twist. It's a, what did you say, chrysanthemum? Yeah. So, Michael refuses to see a solicitor because he says, we've got to fit this in one episode and Adam's wandering the streets and I don't think Imran's in this episode, so... I just want to get this Adam's over and done with. Adam's too busy having a having a, a bit of as your father with Naomi in the lawyer's office uh, a lawyer's episode at the moment. Lawyer's episode. You said office to begin with, and that was right. Oh, I know. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So he says, "Look, I'm really sorry. I was just really stressed about the fact that Grace uh, was going to take my daughter away from me." And the detective's like, "Huh? Hang on a minute. All right. So I'm stopping the interview. Then the doctor comes in and says, "Hi, Michael." Just going to ha- ask you a few questions. <laughs> and so I was thinking, like, crazy. what's going on? He's like, what's your name? <laughs> and I know, doc- at this point I was thinking... Mm. No, no, he says, hmm. the doctor says, I'm just here to do a mental health assessment on you. And um, Michael's like, what do you mean, what? Because I said I was sad. And he was, and he was like, no, what is your name and where do you live? I don't think James could have got past this. <laughs> no, he wouldn't, would he? <laughs> so he's like okay yes you're not crackers that's fine detective comes back and says and this is the bit where i'm thinking no grace is real grace is real is he hallucinated grace that's not possible mass hallucination this is really confusing she hasn't interacted with many other people on the street other than the baileys you're like 
That's right. Bruce Willis didn't talk to anybody except that little kid. <laughs> so, um, the, de- the detective says, Michael, who do you think Tiana is? <laughs> and this was like, it's like what, what? Who do, what you do, think, do you mean? What do you think your relationship to, his, her, to, to her, her is? And who do you think is the mum? <laughs> because the tw- if you had guessed before now that, that Michael was not really Tiana's dad, well done. I think a lot of people were thinking the same thing. Well, yeah. It was a good twist. I think everyone was thinking, yeah, yeah, we know. He's not, you're not, he's not the dad. Come on, let's get on with this. Boring, boring. And I mean, I wasn't thinking boring, boring, because I'd, no, no, no. I'd seen no, a fair number. No, previously, when people thought he wasn't the dad, they were just going, come on, let's get to find out that he's not really the dad. Yeah, and but... And then we can... Yeah, but I, I, I was kind of thinking, because I, I, I'd seen lots of people speculating that and, and the rumours and everything, and I thought, at this point, I was thinking, oh, okay, this is quite exciting then. It turns out that he's not the dad. That's that's more interesting than it could be. Okay, that's that, that's yeah, quite good. Yeah, he's going to get in trouble. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're, that, that's, there's, there's scope if he's not the dad. That's quite a nice twist, even though, you know, lots of people saw it coming. But no. But no. No, no, no it's not that. No. Not even that. Not only is... Michael, not the father of Tiana, but neither is Grace. Mum. <laughs> oh, yeah. Grace is not the father of Tiana. Grace, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, neither of them are the parents of Tiana. What? She is, in fact, just Tiana's nanny. What? 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 This was weird, because I was like, I don't know why she was called the nanny and not a babysitter. I thought that was a bit weird, but yeah, never well. mind. Um then then Michael starts to add... I think the mental health guy should have come back because we were subjected to Michael's dreamy, weird camera angle things as then he also hallucinated another scene in which Ed it, um, sees Tiana's real parents take mm. her away. And, um, of, well, the the actor who plays Tiana's father is a real actor. Mm. The person who was holding the actress who plays Tiana, the baby, was the real mum of yes. Tiana, which, which is, is why, really nice. Which is why she didn't say anything and she wasn't credited. But yeah, that was actually... Tiana's yeah, real mum. Tiana's real, real mum. That was very sweet. If you wondered, we can confirm. Yes. Because um, they couldn't have had an actress be brought in to carry this baby because of, you know... Well, they were like, maybe they could, but they'd say, now you must adopt the baby. <laughs> yeah, you got you got to stay with this baby for two weeks. Yeah, now. you're in a bubble with this baby now. <laughs> and it needs nappy changing. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, so yeah, so poor Ed's there watching the Tiana be taken away and the dad keeps saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, which I thought was sweet. Everyone's like, why is he saying sorry to them? I think you would say sorry because you can see how upset they are. Yeah. And he's also kind of in a way going, sorry, you've never seen her again though. Mm. Just to be clear, sorry, I'm taking her away from you for good because this is weird. Yeah. So back at home... Michael's been told that the real parents are not going to press charges, which I guess is a relief, but he's just in shock because he doesn't, he's like, what, there was actually a baby, what the hell is going on? I, and and he's also being told, she definitely had a baby, and I've also been told I'm not allowed to ever try to see Tiana or make contact with her, and he's just crying because he says, oh, I still love her. So sad. So heartbreaking. Really, really was. This was awful, and then it gets, honestly, now I think it gets worse, because on Friday, obviously Grace has scurried off, nobody knows where she is since she reported Tiana missing. We haven't seen her since it all got revealed that she's not really the mum. 
Michael and Ed are kind of trying to cope with what the hell is going on here, but they're just talk, just thinking about... Ed's trying to make himself useful and, like, yeah, have to make him cups of tea want, or anything. They're in but shock. Michael just, he can't help but dwell on everything that's happened. It's like, his, his life has just been torn apart. Yeah, and he's Everything been that he to. thought he's believed, same with us. Why wouldn't you For the last year her? about this has been turned upside down. So Ed's like, look, doesn't matter. The only thing I've, I'm really certain of is that you should never forgive Grace or speak to her again or even let her knock on the door. Hello, it's me, Grace. Hi, can I be forgiven, please? Ed is completely livid. He doesn't even want to talk to her, but Michael says, no, you need to... Doesn't he make her leave? He makes them... Makes Ed leave. Them. Yeah. And so Ed says, just, just saying, no, what the hell are you doing? I know, Don't let... Uh, She's a manipulative Talk herself back liar. into your life. Yeah, don't talk to her. I think if I was Ed, I wouldn't even let them be a be. He was, he was proper mad, was Ed. Together, because Michael is very vulnerable now, isn't he? Mm. And he has already been lied to. Anyway, so Michael says, no, I do. I need to hear what she has to say. I've got to hear about this. So he makes Ed go away. And then um, Grace is crying and saying, oh, I'll never be able to see Tiana again. Um, and she, he's like, what did you, why did you lie about this? And it was one of these things where the writers have to try to think of what you would say if this was you. And she says, well, things just got out of hand. Mm. But then it, I took a weird turn because I thought she was going to say something like, I just really loved the idea of having a family with you. And I thought that we could be together. And every time I thought about being found out or that this wouldn't this wouldn't go on forever. I just stopped thinking about it because all I cared about was the moments I could have with you as a family. Mm. But no, she says, oh, I just wanted to make you feel some of the hurt that I felt. Everything that ha- I went through when we split up, I blamed you for. She, I, I thought that she came, actually she did come across in quite a sympathetic light. I, was I like, don't think so at all. I do, I felt bad for her. If she had said something like, sorry, this, I know this is crazy, I went a bit crazy... And then the more I dug a hole for myself, the less I could explain anything. And honestly, I should have said something before now, but I was just enjoying pretending. She's had a miscarriage. She's had a breakdown. She says, um, because he says, what what happened to the actual baby that we had? And she said, when you left me, which he keeps saying, oh, it was only for a week. Um, she says, you left me and I had a miscarriage and it was a boy and I didn't tell you because I wanted to punish you. Mm. I just didn't buy this thing about punishing him. I thought that was, I thought that sounded silly. I didn't. I think some people would, would act like punish... that. I, 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 I wouldn't, but I could imagine that No, no, that no, people... no, I'm not saying why would you, because you'd never get pregnant, would you? <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I, I could see her doing that. Not that we, not that we've got to know Grace very well over the past year. Because she's made such sporadic appearances, but I I could totally buy that she would react in that way. I just think there's no way that her motivation throughout all of this, pretending to be with Michael, and that their child was Tiana, was to was to pay back for Michael. I think she's kidding herself, or the writers aren't writing it properly. Because what was the long game? Where's the plan then? She didn't the have way... a plan. She no, says she's... but okay, then, then how is it a punishment for Michael? Because she said, I wanted you to feel what I felt, which was what? Loss. How have you lost anything if you've been given a baby that's not yours? You gained a baby. You haven't lost a baby. Without an exit plan to reveal to him that he's been, like, the cuckoo raising... No, the, the blackbird raising a cuckoo. 
without that revelation at the end of it it's just her telling lies to herself she it started off she had this plan saying i don't believe that i think that's rubbish i'm gonna make him suffer and then she got but i'm I'm gonna make him think that he's the dad and then say actually you're not but but it's ridiculous but it turned on that she kind of got you know started those feelings started coming back for him i don't buy that at all that's the most far-fetched thing i've ever heard I don't know. No, I think this I'd is just the writers it. trying to make her seem more sympathetic and relatable, but actually, it just makes her seem psychotic. Well, I think it's more realistic, and I have more sympathy with somebody who would say, "I, I, I literally, I, I, you, you said it was Tiana, our baby, and I just went along with it." She also says that when she was the the the. the she got to know this. What was her name? Her name Lisa. Her her friends got pregnant. Um, she ended up being a nanny for her, and then she was taking Tiana around everywhere. And people started assuming that she was the mum, and she just ended up going along with it because it's she's fed up of saying, oh, "I'm not the mum. I'm not the mum. Not the mum." So then, when Michael came along, she'd been so used to saying, oh, "I'm not the mum," that was her initial reaction. And then, what? What? She... No, she got she she didn't get used to saying, "I'm not the mum." She let people assume she was the oh, mum. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. She she let, she got used to letting people think that she was the mum. So Michael comes along and then she says the same thing and then just gets, she just gets caught in a lie. And yeah. It gets, and it spirals. Yeah, but then you're, you're telling me she, that doesn't make sense. You're telling me she was saying, oh, I was always assumed to be the mum. And then when you saw that well, I had a baby, you assumed it was yours. And I went along with it because my evil master plan was to make you sad all this time. No, I... That's the stupidest thing. That's we so juvenile. We will agree to disagree on this That's one. such a juvenile... That sounds like something out of a, a, a teenage book. Carry on. What happened next? I ha- that's the only thing I had a problem with. And it didn't really cause me too much of a problem. Because actually, I'm just making up in my mind what Grace's motivation was. Because it's it honestly is stupid to think that she did this. For some end game that never actually happened, because she just got shafted more than he did out of this, didn't she? Mm. Anyway, she reveals she has a miscarriage and she tells him it was a boy. And this honestly is the breaking point for Mike. I think. I think Michael's gonna suffer a lot more. We're gonna see. I think he's gonna have a breakdown, honestly. Because so now, we- think about this. He now in the space of of two days or however long this is taken, he's now lost two children, a son and a daughter. He had Tiana, she was taken away. Then he found out he had a boy and he died. Mm. Yeah, the total double, double whammy. Du- double. And there's more to come that he still doesn't know about. <laughs> so so she, she's, she's obviously still being a bit crackers. And she says, we can't have Tiana, but we can still be together. And then she says, I wasn't actually going to go to Spain, but now I think about it, don't you think we should go? Mm. She is she's mad, a, isn't she? she because she, yeah, she is at this point. She made up. Let's get. She made up. I'm going to Spain with my boyfriend to get out of having an engagement thing. It's like she's been thinking about this the whole time. Like Spain actually would be quite cool. And she says we could go and do, we can go together and, and make a life for ourselves. I don't know why she thinks that anyone would think that just going to Spain that day to start a new life would work, but. People That's have done do things it. on Coronation Street like That's this before. That's how you do it. Liz hasn't gone to Spain and we didn't even get to wave her off. I also don't think that it would make much sense that 
two two English speaking people appearing in a random Spanish town during a pandemic wouldn't raise any eyebrows and they'd be able to disappear. <laughs> and Grace and Grace is actually on the run at the moment, in case you didn't know, because she because of kidnapping Tiana. Yeah. So she's still been running around hiding. I don't know why the police haven't staked out the Bailey's she's house. She's desperate. She's in the middle of a breakdown. It's it. You can't. I don't think it's fair. It would be fair to her to say why well, she's just gone nuts. It's the, it's not very PC. I <laughs> but listen, okay. Can I just say something on on the show? Sometimes what I will do is I will decide for myself whether I think somebody is realistically going through a mental health crisis or some kind of mental health problem. And if they are, if if I think they're being realistic, I will try to be sympathetic and use the correct terminology or vocabulary but if i think someone's just being a bit potty for the purposes of a plot i will use different words because i'm making fun of the writing and and the character in the situation not the actual person i don't know it's funny it's funny how we come we got a completely different impression of her from this so you think she is actually having another breakdown yeah and and it's interesting because we had this postnatal depression story with Gemma earlier you? in the year, and I I feel yeah. a whole lot more sympathy for Grace, and we've seen what two days worth well, I of her go... of her depression and breakdown. Yet we had Gemma; it was you know all over the place, and I was like, oh come on, I'm I'm fed up of this now. Yeah, but I don't you weren't buy going, it. oh Gemma's just gone potty, weren't you? No, I was thinking. Oh, there we go, given another story for Gemma, and now they're going to throw this issue at her. And it didn't feel real, but it felt more real for Grace. Whether you have this opinion because you read an an interview with the actress where she said. No, but I I did. Yeah, I think that you're being influenced by the interview. No, I got my own mind. I'm sorry, I, I do. I think you're being influenced by what she said about her character because she obviously feels. She well, not obviously, but the uh, I believe that the actress feels quite sympathetic towards her character situation and thinks that she's going through a breakdown. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I don't necessarily agree with that estimation of the situation. I think this is just a character that's been written to be entertainingly insane, so that we can have some plot twists. Okay. And I understand, I understand what, you know, I'm not going to... You're making me think that people are now going to think I'm maligning people with mental health problems. No, no, I don't think so. I think, I think it's, I think you could absolutely take two different views away from I this. I think there'll be a lot of people that will be on your side. I have of people who have had mental breakdowns in my life. And I would never want people to think that I didn't understand that it's serious. No, I think, I think it was very, like, open and, and you'll get but people this, on both sides I'm not sure that this is an issues based storyline <laughs> about what do you do if you had a miscarriage and then you see your boyfriend in fresh goes car park and he thinks that the child you're looking after is actually their your daughter it was, with utter, him, it was utterly and you put and together nine months worth of lies about it and have to explain why she's not there at Christmas I, and just say that she's got the runs whenever she's not <laughs> around no it, I, it, it's not feeling like it's an issue story about this is what can happen if you have a miscarriage and I also want to point out as well that there are just as the same way that you might say I'm a bit depressed but you just mean I'm a bit sad today mm. You also use the word breakdown in a similar way, like, oh god, I feel like I'm having a breakdown, or like, oh, don't talk to her, she's having a bit, she's having a meltdown or a breakdown or whatever. There's that word, and then there's the very you know, real medical situation where you are having a mm. mental 
health crisis. Yeah. I don't know. I'm 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 coming at it from an angle of this is just entertaining and I don't want to get too mired down into talking about issues because I'm just enjoying it on a very surface level. And one thing I want to say about Coronation Street is mental health is really important. They've done really good work and I think they're doing a really, really good job. But we said before about this, when characters on the show just act like they are cracked and potty to get at other characters in an entertainingly crazy way. I just want to enjoy that sometimes without worrying about... Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, like like Jade. Yeah. Jade, does Jade got some kind of syndrome or some kind of problem? No, she's just, she's just potty. Mm. And she tried to nick a baby. Yeah, yeah. And guess what Grace has done as well? I could spend a lot of time being serious about this storyline and talking about how Grace actually needs to have an intervention and they should probably go to she probably go to therapy and maybe her and Michael could work it out. But actually, no, I'd just rather enjoy the fact that she lied to him for nine months and we got an amazing scene on Wednesday when he when he and the, the audience actually got to learn together mm. <laughs> that she had been lying. No, the, when, when she started saying, oh, we could go to Spain, let's pack our bags and go, that was, I completely, I, I was enjoying that on the surface level of entertainment. Like, wow, what's she going to say next? She, she, is, she is nuts. But I, I still, I did feel, I did feel a more uh, a level of sympathy, which I don't often feel in these situations. Maybe it's because of watching, reading the interview. I don't know. But... That, that's what I felt. Anyway, what... I didn't say I didn't feel sympathy for, you that, for her, though. I said I didn't believe that the idea that she was saying I this was a, all a big revenge plot mm. because her actions following it don't don't follow that either. You're right. You're right. So, so that was the that was the main thing I had as a problem with it, and I can still feel sympathy with her because she realizes that she made a massive mistake, and the longer she spent with Michael and Tiana together, the more she realizes of what she's been missing out on all this time. Mm. So she says we we don't we can't have Tiana, but we can still be together, and let's go to Spain together. Why don't we just go? And Michael says, "That's stupid." But then he's like, maybe. And then he says, okay, let's go to Spain. Runs upstairs. He doesn't come up, he doesn't come up with the idea. He doesn't, you know, decide that straight away. You can see that he's agonising over it. You, yeah, but he hasn't decided what we think he's decided. No. This is such a... This, well, this although when he line, runs upstairs, he because he says to Ed later, that I, I got as far as taking the whole wall down and yeah, I half packed yeah, I it. Yeah, so when he went upstairs, he did not have the intention well, to do what he ended up doing. Then. So he goes upstairs to pack his bags and then we see Grace and she looks at a pregnancy test which I assume is you having another baby we just we, we just said that on Twitter Anytime that probably anybody... just got it off Bernie I'd love it if that was a twist that would be brilliant <laughs> Bernie's like is it worked <laughs> unfortunately when Bernie was doing her pregnancy test scam Grace wasn't in the show then but she could have had you know job lot that was Can still lying around I just point around. something else out to you as well when Bernie was doing a pregnancy scam, she was using the urine of her pregnant daughter, is now no longer pregnant. True. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. Maybe she's got some maybe she's got some bottles of it in the freezer. <laughs> Future proof the business. <laughs> so, um so Michael <laughs> Michael comes back down. Grace is sitting on the on the sofa with her phone going, No, there's four seats on the next flight to Alicante. Shall I book them? And then he opens the door and in walks Craig to arrest Grace <laughs> and she's she's trying to talk to him going no Michael but you don't understand and she, we know that she's about to tell him that she's pregnant but he won't listen to her she gets carted away 
Ed comes back and Michael's like, oh, have I done the right thing? And Ed says, she deserves to suffer. And Michael says, she has. She lost our baby. And now Ed knows as well that he has lost another grandchild. The Baileys are bereft. Yes. What a great story that was What this week. absolute drama. <laughs> what, what I like most about it is that we went into this week with no idea, no inkling that where this no, was going. Like, There's going to be a secret on Coronation Street. What are we going to find out? One of the characters is going to tell us. Oh my God, Grace is going to reveal a secret about Tiana and everyone will go... I, I, oh, hadn't, blah, blah, blah. I hadn't read the synopses because I try not to read the synopses before the episode's... Uh, but I had seen that Michael was going to kidnap Tiana. And when I read that, I thought, oh, come on. I thought, no, it's so stupid. Why did you read it? What, you know, if I, I just saw, um, you know, something uh, on Twitter saying Michael oh. kidnapped Tiana. I was like, oh, thank you, another spoiler. And I thought, that's just ridiculous. It's going to be another sensational thing. It's going to be just for an end of episode plot um, cliffhanger and it's going to be resolved quickly. Yeah. Why does he have to do that? Well, he's not that stupid, is he? But actually watching it, when he came to take... Tiana, I was like, maybe he would because he is a he is a an impulsive guy. But he thought, but I but I didn't. But there was there was no clue at all that this twist was coming, and the build up to it, the the misdirection beforehand, where we, peep. I I think I kind of think Coronation Street almost wanted people to theorize that Michael wasn't the father, so that when the actual reveal came. We were We'd blindsided. Like, we, yeah, we were blindsided. We were like, we know what's going to happen here. Our, our theory was right. But no, and then the, so, some people had, hadn't they? Yes, had we have it. to say that we had... Um, Rebecca thought she heard somebody saying about this in one of our episodes. But when... Yeah, back, back last year. But actually, we got a tweet from somebody called Connor on Twitter who predicted this twist back in July... Based on a real life story that had happened in two thousand and eighteen. Yeah, and and I and I I'd completely forgotten about that. And sometimes when people make really great theories, like my reaction to it is like, oh, that's probably really going to happen, and I wish I hadn't been told that theory because now it spoiled it for me. But then, but this one, I remember at the time now reading it and going, oh yeah, that probably would be really good actually, but oh, it's probably won't happen. But in the intervening two months, I absolutely forgot about it and it wasn't until the next morning when the tweet was sort of rose in, in Twitter again. I was like, oh yeah, I remember reading that now. So I'm so, 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 so glad that I'd forgotten about that. Because Coronation Street is, Conversation Street is your one-stop shop for crackpot theories that turn out to become true. Always true. Everything we predict is always <laughs> true. Um, yeah, so br- brilliant, brilliant stuff. Because it, it was a, we weren't expecting a twist in the story, and it was a mid-episode twist as well, which yes. you do not get those in Coronation that Street. If there's really going to be a twist, good... it's going to be at the end of the episode, yeah. so that there's a cliffhanger, and we have to wait a couple of days to find out what happens next. But this was... It was in the advert break, wasn't it, of the second episode, which is not... It wasn't, ad- you it wasn't do not in expect Michael, to have the rug pulled from you. It wasn't in the advert break. It was before the advert break. At the second episode, you... I couldn't believe it when that woman from Marmite turned and looked at me from the screen and went, "You either love it or you hate it." And also, Michael and Grace aren't Tiana's <laughs> real parents. Yeah. Um, yeah, so 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 good. And like as as the adverts were going, we were just like, "Come on, come on, come on! What's going to happen next?" 
Oh, and it was great because we got to see all the fallout in the, fallout in the second half of yes, the episode as well. Yes, very true. And I, I, I felt like I needed to think that if they... I, I think my head would have just imploded if I'd had to wait 48 hours to find out what happened next. The the pacing of it, I felt, was just, just right. And um, even sometimes with twists, yeah, you, you know that this is built... It feels like you're building up to it. Like, oh, something's going to happen here. But I don't know what exactly. No, but this, this, was, this I was, was just within waiting. the space of thirty seconds. It was like I was just I thinking, think, what, what? Michael's going to get in trouble, and we're just going to find out from this interview what kind of trouble he's actually going to get into. Mm. Not we're going to find out who. No. It, that his last nine months of his life has been a lie. Yeah, and and what's great as well is this was the plan all along. Because as soon as this was revealed, I think even during that advert break, um, Coronation Street social media put up a video um, with uh, with Ryan talking about the story, and also our, our interviews with uh, with Ryan and Kate were put on um, so on like Digital Spy and all, on all the soap websites. Ryan and, and Kate saying sort of this is what you my character's Grace been going Michael, through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and um and Kate Spencer saying, I, I knew all along when I got the part, I was told you're not gonna be the mum. So so this, went, this has been, this is this has been on the go and we have had no idea. This was so well done. A year. Because so the whole time Grace was doing this, she was acting really shady and yeah. we thought she had like she we knew she had something up her sleeve or something was going on, but we thought it was something like she she can't decide whether she likes Michael or not. She doesn't want to be um, date him because she doesn't like Aggie, or she has another man. She, she just came he, across. He, to she me, knows he's not the real father. She just came across to me as being utterly flaky and, yeah. and not turning up. And and I've been moaning about this story for the past <laughs> twelve months. Going, what's what's happening here? Because always there's no development because Grace says she's going to turn up and then she doesn't and then she turns up for one episode and then she's gone and I feel like I'm not getting to know Grace I don't know what's going on but now she it's like job Michael it wasn't just being in Coronation <laughs> now it's like that's the point and it doesn't make all of those times when Grace wasn't there any better but it but it's this is what makes a good twist is you can look back on the clues and go Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it wasn't a it wasn't a twist that was like oh so they're doing that now are they? Fine. Yeah, it really makes sense why Grace has always been so reserved and worried about getting too close to the Baileys and how she reacted in such a weird way because it's not just the fact that she she knew that they were bonding with a child that had nothing to do with them, but she was also a lot of the time thinking this really could have been our baby. Mm. Yeah. I I don't know whether I might have liked to have seen a bit more maybe in recent months of Michael and Grace's relationship developing because... Well, we would even like to have like been a bit more confident of the fact that it's actually really Michael's baby this time around. Yeah, well, exactly. This, this preg- of, I saw somebody on Twitter saying, oh, that can't be their baby because yeah, we haven't seen them together. We haven't. We've seen, we, we should have had, I think, a few weeks of seeing them like as a... Yeah, a happy couple. Even if you know? they're just walking but, along the road with yeah. someone else's. Yeah, but but there's been nothing. She's but been off the forget, radar. It's not as easy to do things like that. No, no, of course, of course, and maybe that maybe that had been a plan. I I don't know, but but yeah, honestly, I'm I'm just so so impressed that 
I can look back on this and think, yes, that makes sense. This reminds so me her of her not turning happened. up at Christmas because all, all the times that she couldn't turn up, it was because she couldn't get couldn't get Grace. Tiana. Tiana, sorry. Yeah, I, I I need to see a video put together, a little compilation of clips of all the times that she was coming up with her excuses, and I was just like, oh, come on, what's, what's this character doing? She's what, what a flake she is, you know? Yeah. Um, well, I had always been a bit of a grace champion and saying, like, I can understand if he's, if he's been flaky before, she would be hesitant to let him back in her life and you she's watching out for herself and uh, he must have done something we don't know about and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. So that's quite funny that I was completely wrong and um, she was the villain that everybody thought she was all along. But... But was she a villain or was she just somebody who's going through a serious mental issue? We've, we've kind of been through that say. already. But it's interesting. Now, there was a tweet out last night, wasn't there? That was a bit... Um, I, I was surprised to see it. And this was a tweet by Kim... Are you really going here? Yeah, I'm going here because it was put on Twitter. This is Kim Vithia who plays Mama Habib. And she tweeted, Now, I love my beloved ITV Cory, but when are you going to stop making the black woman the crazy ones? Slash tag. Uh, sorry, slash, slash tag, hashtag, another one bites the dust. And I was think, and I read that and thought, oh, what's going on there? I, I don't believe at all that Coronation Street is there, makes the black characters the evil ones. I don't think that's true at all. Yes, um, Mama Habib turned into a raging bitch. And, I mean, I, I can't think of many other examples. Mad Maya, I suppose. But The fact that she's called Mad Maya gives it away a little bit. But there, I, mean, I, I see no agenda from Coronation Street, so that tweet really did shock me, and it did make me think, oh, they're not, look, she's this not is going what back I said to the show. to you before about representation and diversity within representation and how it's important because when you have only one of a character, all the weight falls on their shoulders and you end up making a point about that character without meaning to by the stories that you tell. Mm. This is the tr- this is the issue about gay representation, especially lesbian repre- representation in fiction, and the way people always talk about you know the, there's always a tragic ending for the lesbian characters, and yeah. you have you can count how many times something horrible has happened to a gay female character on Coronation Street, and it's because there are so few of them, and they're involved in such big stories because Coronation Street wants to make a big deal about the fact that they've got. You know, here's our hot lesbian couple that everyone loves on Twitter. Yeah, um, but uh, the the, the bigger, the wider issue is that maybe there isn't enough representation of is, people of colour on Coronation the Street. The fact but... is that when I read this, and I wish you hadn't brought this up, honestly, because I wanted to address it properly if it was going to be addressed at all. But when when you told me about the tweet, I did stop to think to myself how many black characters i'm not sure whether i'm not sure whether we're generalizing to all women of color or just only black women i don't know but how many of them actually have there been i can't actually remember that many well off the top of my head we we obviously had um you've got alia you've got if you're talking about women of color in general you've got alia you've got yasmin there's there's aggie obviously i'm thinking mandy jenna yeah. Those two, those two weren't crazy. Um. Um. Well, Rana. Yeah, and Mama Habib, and see, this is the thing. Oh, Sunita. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Um. There, there haven't been. There loads. haven't been very many, 
And of those, I'm not sure how many of them are just caricatures of a crazy black woman. No. Who comes unstuck through her own, you know, she's the victim of, she's the architect of her own demise through her machinations or whatever. Mm. There's plenty of crazy white characters as well. There are a lot more white characters. Yes, exactly. Um, um, I, I, yeah, I kind of don't really know what to say about this. No, I was just... I, was... I completely understand when people have arguments like this, and I've said it before on the show, about, for example, um, disabled characters on Coronation Street. Mm. We've got Izzy. Yeah. And she can be irritating, and I don't think that she's, like... If I was a, if I was in a wheelchair, I wouldn't be like, oh, I love Izzy because she's like me. I'd be like, God, I wish mm. somebody else was the wheelchair character in the show if you're going to have the wheelchair character mm. because she's just annoying. She's a, yeah. But then again, you don't want to you don't want to be like, oh, let's just make them all sainted, wonderful, can do no wrong, like the token female character in, in, a, in a romance novel written for women who was basically the most boring, bland woman ever existed <laughs> and she's beautiful, but she doesn't know it, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. It's really, t- it's really tough. This is why you have to have diversity in the on the writing and production side, not just on the talent side, because they can write more authentically and and mm. and even from a cynical point of view, if you get attacked for your storylines about characters that you've that you you know that haven't quite hit the mark, you can say, "Well, look, here's the writer. Tell them what you think." You mm. know, you, at least you can say, "We tried." Yeah. That's that's being cynical though. I'd hope that you would hire people because it's it's good to have a range of voices because you can tell better stories. Mm. So speaking of Aggie earlier, I I think that it, she really is lacking from this story, isn't she? Aggie they, would be there going, "This is the best thing that's ever happened. I told you so, everyone. I told I, well, you." Well, this so. is what I want. I'd like to see her reaction because I don't, I don't know whether she would. I don't think Who that she's so heartless that she would be seeing her son. No, I think going honestly, through this. I think her first five minutes of reaction would be, "Well, of course she did this. I've said all along. Nobody ever listened to me about Grace. I knew that she was trouble from the very beginning. You should have listened to me. I've got mother's intuition." And then she would have realised, okay. I've had my piece. I've said what I meant, want to say. Now we've got to pick the pieces up. I, I could, I could see it the opposite. I could see her sharing her son's devastation, but then you know, in the kitchen, having a scene with Ed saying, "I told you that she was a bit of bad, bit of uh, hard work," and Ed would have to say, "Love, you can't say that." I would. I know liked you're to. thinking that, but you got. We, we've got to support Michael at the moment because he's going through hell. I would have liked to have seen that scene, but with James. <laughs> I told you, James. I said that she was trouble. <laughs> um, I mean, she she's supposed to be looking after Auntie Irene at the moment. Apparently, talk about Bussman's holiday. To, that poor woman spends all her day looking after people that's sick in hospital, and then goes home at night to look after Auntie Irene. The last thing we'd heard of her was when she was self isolating in the hotel back in um, July time. It's alright for some. So I I do hope that we get to see Lorna back on the show soon because. She's seriously, she is missing from this, and I think that she's going to be great. It doesn't really make sense that she was not there in any capacity whatsoever. Because no, I mean, the, the f- first thing you would do is phone Aggie. If I was Ed, mm. I'd go, Bloody hell, I need my wife. Yeah, we didn't even have any if scenes I on the phone, Michael, did we? If I was I'd say, I need my mum. Mm. If I was James, I'd go, Football! And phone my mum. Because <laughs> <laughs> we, we obviously had the stuff with Aggie on the, on the video phone with Ed in yeah. that coronavirus story back in, in July. 
that 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 would have been nice to see. Maybe it would next have been complicated, or... and it would have messed with the flow of the story. It probably would. Been. She she wasn't needed there, like, but I'm just really keen to see what she's. It's gonna not be like, like it was a found footage video where people would be carrying Aggie around from room to room, inexplicably showing her what's happening <laughs> while they react to it on camera. No. So perhaps it's best that she isn't there, but it's at the moment in, in, it's in. Phone form. It's a it's a two man show, really, isn't it? Between Michael and Ed, and I think they're both doing a a pretty decent job. I mean, especially Ryan. Ryan is doing such a a fantastic job as Do you Michael. Know what? He, yeah. We we've we've been Michael fans right from the start, and and yet again, I feel that we've been vindicated in our love for Michael, which hasn't been shared by everybody. I thought he was brilliant this week. Those scenes in the police station, he did a bang-up <laughs> job. He was just wonderful. And he, he he was in character all the time, but it was nice to see a serious side of him when he's been, you know, the Joker. And, and people, have, people have said, oh, you can tell he's just putting on his children's TV show persona. But I, I, I really felt for him and, and the emotion that he was able to portray on today's episode, the... Um, not been able to decide whether to believe Grace, whether to even listen to Grace. Should I go to Spain or not? I think he just, he, he hit it every time. I was so, so impressed with him. And I'm looking forward to seeing what happens going forward. Although I am worried that it could go down the, the you know, the tropey soapy route of, oh, he hits the bottle or, you, you know, we, we've seen it with Paul this year. I, I don't want him to go down that route. I want him to still stay the Michael that I love and not just the, the character that now I have to feel sorry for. Say, say you know, like, like with Emma as well. Yes, he's had a massive tragedy. That How can you bounce back from it? But I, I, I still kind of want him to and I don't know how he will. What are you thinking about Michael's future? Immediate future, I, I suppose. Miss, I miss the crazy inventor Michael who came up with stupid ideas that I think he would be very, very good now in in our crazy unusual times that we're living in coming up with really odd ways of yeah. helping people to get through the pandemic i i think it was a funny idea but they ran out of steam and they couldn't think of funny inventions after a certain point so they stopped doing it <laughs> i just i i'd rather for michael that we didn't see a whole lot of the fallout, perhaps, and that we just see him later and he's better again. But then I'd probably feel like they were, we were being robbed. I, I, I don't know. I just don't need to see weeks upon weeks of misery. I hope that I hope there's going to be a light at the end of the tunnel soon for him because I, I, I just I think he's a great character. I really do. Um, I just want to say one more thing about what um, Kim Bithia yeah. said about the. Um, Stop making black women the crazy ones. So I want to point out something out to you, which is that um, she is obviously a lot more sensitive to the way that black women are represented in soaps. It's not something that we are picking up or looking out for, but I'm going to tell you that whenever there's a teacher on Coronation Street who doesn't do what you think they should do, it gets on your goat and you point it out. Uh, and, you, and when yeah. and when they when they depict a teacher as like lazy or going into work late or not working too late or doing anything that a teacher wouldn't do, you are immediately sensitive to it. Nobody else would really notice or particularly think it's an issue. But you have a problem with that. Now imagine if that was not just your profession, but the way you looked and people like you. You would be a lot more sensitive to it and you would pick up on things that perhaps we might have missed. Uh, so I'm not going to... I would, but 
I, I, I maybe. You don't need to buy. I'm not. I'm not going to say anymore. I'm not going to say anymore. I Let's think move on to the next story. You've already said too much now. Toyo Battersby, also Toyo. How do we how do we pay for his treatment? Well, don't worry, you won't have to pay for his treatment because it turns out this week he's not getting that any. he's not getting no treatment from Doctor Schmitz. So um, where's all this money we've got going to go now? As as well as the 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 Ollie stuff. This is obviously the Sam story for this week, which was really really good today. I thought, um, and it's this is how the week starts off with the the word of Sam spreading around the platform plan sarah tells david about him and david's just like blimey <laughs> it's all going this family isn't it and sarah says nick hasn't told leanne yet and they but they both agree it's nick's choice to deal with it however he wants um i think they're right to wash their hands but it. but he she she cajoles david into speaking to nick about sam um and, and he says he will but he's not going to tell him what to do so he goes over and they have a nice Platt brother scene, you know, the sort that we always enjoy. Couple of beers, kicking up at number eight. Um, and, uh, and Nick is adamant that Oliver is his priority at the moment. And David's like, yeah, but you should think about what Sam needs as well. And I think Nick has thought about that, but he's had to, you know, file that away in the corner of his mind and think, no, Oliver is my priority. But David's just like, no, oh, but, but what about what's in that file, filing cabinet there? Come on, Nick, get it out. Um, so Nick, but so Nick's like saying, look, uh, to be honest, David, I'm I'm scared about what Sam might think of me. So he he's he's worried that he's going to be I a never, letdown for him. I and never then... thought about this because whenever I think about being a parent, I think about raising a child from a baby, and then you know they they will always know you. I never mm. thought about what it would be like to meet your child. As, as a sort of a, a thinking, sentient being who would have an opinion about whether they liked you or not. Mm. Yeah. That's insane to me. Like, but... the the absolute terror and tension you would feel about, is my kid going to like me? Mm. That is but with, bonkers, with, isn't And it? that combined with everything else that Nick's going through, which is, you know, the worst situation you can imagine, that your you're adopted son, or not adopted son, stepson or whatever you want to call him, yeah. is is gonna die yeah that it just makes everything e- but, even worse which is why he's had to say i just put a lid on the sam thing for now the thing is but it's niggling nick him. that you have done a 10k just yeah saying. so that was a good thing to say okay isn't it that, that is, i yeah. can run really really far but i don't i don't know whether sam would be interested in that I if he'd sam said would be. if he'd said you know i've flown to the moon or I've discovered life I on Venus. I can name all the planets. I can name all the planets backwards. So, yeah, I'd be into that. I know but... all the moons. <laughs> that wouldn't be I can impressive. name every single moon of Saturn. So Wednesday, um, we, we learned that Dr. Schmitz is back from holiday, so hopefully the ball's going to be rolling soon on the whole Ollie thing. This is why I don't think I could ever Leanne's be a doctor frazzled. or anybody in charge of anything, because if there's something stressing me out or something important that people care about, I can't just leave it, I've got to do it. I can't imagine just going on holiday going, yes, I know there is a child who needs to be decided if he did or die, but I've got to go skiing. <laughs> you know what I mean? How could you go on holiday? I know, knowing that you, you just got to say, I'm not, on, I'm not at work. Oh, I just got to moment. look at my to-do list before I leave for going to um, Malaga. I've got this child who's going to die, this one, he probably will not make it. Maybe by the time I come back from holiday, it sort itself out. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you, you've got to be able to switch off there, haven't you? I suppose that's, that's all part that. of the job. 
So Nick, um, Nick's always makes a quite interesting move on Wednesday where he goes to see Ray and um, and says, look, this guy that offered to buy David's oh, house, yes. do you think he wants half of the battery as well? And this Ray story is moving so slowly, but it's... It isn't. Oh, I, I feel it is. Last week, I listened to the podcast from last week and I said... I don't. I I wonder whether Ray would be interested in buying shares off of Nick, and then I said, I bet he wouldn't because he doesn't want the factory business. He wants, he wants the, the building, and, and that's exactly what happened, wasn't so it? You you're, you're totally right there. Ray, Ray says, "I'm only interested that my, my friend is only interested in bricks and mortar." <laughs> Obviously, yeah. we know it's Ray, my really. Friend. And Nick says, "Well, what about you, Ray? Do you want it?" And he's he's like he's desperate. He's like, please, just make me an offer. He he just he needs money from anywhere now. He's willing to give up anything for this. And Ray's Ray says, no, it's all right. I've heard about Oliver. You're the guy. You're the guy with the the six steps, son, aren't you? I'm gonna donate ten thousand pounds to the fund. Interesting move. Another bit of a twist there. A bit of PR there. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and then for the rest of the episode, I just we... want to say, can I just say this as well? Imagine being Nick. And imagine having somebody so generously giving you £10,000 for, for nothing. Don't want anything in return. I will give you £10,000 to help your son. And also then having to think to yourself, that is literally a drop in the ocean mm. and has done nothing to get me to my goal. Yeah. But it's still £10,000. £500,000 you really need. Put, 10, you, it put it into, put it into perspective, perspective how difficult this task of raising... Yeah, it's, it's an insurmountable it's amount of money. It totally is. Yeah, Emma's Emma's got a couple of hundred, or oh, I can't remember how much it was from a sponsor silence, I and then we've got this. I understand these... why nobody's done a, an online fundraising thing, though. Oh, they've had that story before. I know, but I think that's probably the only reason. <laughs> money for hope. Yeah, so we, as the episode goes on, we, we find some other sources of money. So Steve tells Tracy he's managed to sell streetcars and the flat above it to those property developers that have been um, putting flies in people's letterboxes. I don't know whether... I, I can only assume, unless we've been told outright, which I don't think we have, that this is all part of it's Ray's like plan. It, it, it's, it's all going to Ray. Um, th- he's, th- they said that well, I can't remember what they said. He he said, I'll sell it to you only if you'll take the flower shop too. Yes. Which is interesting because I, I don't think that Ray's really interested in spreading onto Rosamond Street. No. Um, but, but you he, take he, a he, hit to get what yeah, you want. Yeah, to get, to get what you actually want. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they go and tell Nick and Leanne. And but just to point out again, this is all speculation based on that screenshot from the beginning of the year. It is. And we have run away with this as the accepted thing that's happening on the street. But actually, just to point out that as far as we know, this is supposed to still be... It's just supposed to be in the dark. I don't know how much Coronation Street is expected us to have to know... Well, I mean, obviously happening. something dodgy is going on between Ray and, and what's-his-face, Colin, apparent. about number six. Yeah, I think it's become... I think it's now... The cat's a bit out of the bag now. With yeah, the Every, everything... That so many clues are being dropped now. now. Yeah, I think you're starting to get hang on a minute. It feels like the whole of this side of the street is being um, bought up at the moment. Interestingly, maybe this maybe this isn't the right place to say, but we'll say it anyway. Somebody on our Facebook group um, suggested, hypothesised the idea that the flower shop was a isn't a, wasn't originally supposed to be sold, and that what Tracy's being given to say and do at the moment was actually going to be Liz. And and I think that makes a lot of sense. Not just the fact that Tracy has 
turned nice and she's being sympathetic and understanding and where's this come from because I think no we have seen more nice Tracy over the past couple of years I I completely buy that Tracy's she's there's still there's still a reluctance there I think there's a there's a definite reluctance but the fact that she's being nice is within her new character but yeah it totally makes sense that originally Liz was going to have to make the supreme sacrifice of giving up her flat in the same way that now Tracy is giving up her yeah. beloved florist shop. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in the absence of, of, of Beverly Callard, they've had to pass that on to Tracy. And it, and, it, and, it, and it fits. That, that, that feels like that's quite a good theory to me, I would say. Um, anyway, Nick, Nick and Leanne are just completely bowled over by everyone's generosity. But I still think that they're not getting anywhere close to £500,000 with this. The fact that nobody's given us a running total, I think probably the amount of money they have now is £10,500. Mm, right. <laughs> um, Plus £2.50 that I think Fizz got for one of her buns. Oh, yeah, we didn't even see any of that this week, did they we? They just went... Didn't bother with having the Fizz and, Fizz and Tide buns story, no. So, Friday then... Nick gets a letter at the factory and it's this envelope oh. that's got rockets and stars and planets over it. And that's like, oh, I remember that rocket picture that Sam drew the other week that Natasha gave to Nick. This is going to be Sam. And it's the cutest little letter inside. Talk about making a good impression without even appearing on screen. I know. The letter was, I can't remember the exactly what it was. The mine was something like, um, I thought I'd write to you even though I'm not supposed to know who you are or something like that. Like, yeah. Oh. It was... In, in just like one or two sentences, it, it, it really, it really, really endeared me to this character. It was so cute. Um, meanwhile, Leanne is updating Toya about all, all the various businesses that are being sold, and we learn that Toya and Imran are having a fostering hearing later, and yet another, which turns out to be yet another um, meeting or, or whatever in this fostering saga that we didn't, that we don't get to see because this it never time, happens. oh yeah, this time it doesn't happen. It just feels like it's. The whole fostering thing is just an added extra complication, and is it is it anything was, ever actually going to happen with I this? They're being like, so shortchanged. Yes, it. but I feel a bit like if I was the fostering people, I think I would have to say to them, "Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right, and I don't think you're ready for a child because if you're going to put your sister before mm. your future child, then actually you shouldn't have one. Yeah, you're not in the right frame of mind." Mm. this child should come first mm. what I do like with this is is what happens at the very end of the episode when Toya speaks and Nick's there but we'll get to that when we get there okay. anyway Le- Leanne <laughs> at this point says oh Oliver's going to be up and, up and about soon he's going to be fine and he's going to love that there's another kid in the family so she's totally still delusional this is the child that Leanne that Toya would yeah. presumably foster yeah. she's like oh they can be brothers or whatever <laughs> that was another Another awkward moment. This was so bad. Where Leanne is reading a bit of Peter Pan to Oliver and she obviously not pre-read the text because she gets to the bit about dead children. What was the quote? Like, oh, what happens to children when they die? Yeah. They become little stars or fairies or something. I can't remember. It's been a while since I've read Peter Pan. Been a while since Leanne. Only been a couple of hours since Leanne's read it. But Leanne gets to that part. It's like, I think I'll start reading there, actually, Oliver. That was really bad. But how many times have you like have you watched something or read something or suggested something to somebody and then thought, oh, I have a done bit. that. I have done that. <gasps> Reading things to children in class, I've absolutely what? read things. You have to tell like, me another time. Well, no, some of it is not even bad. Like uh, there's this poem in the Michael Rosen book that I read that's about. Uh, 
dead gerbils and mice and everything, and it's it's a really great poem, and it's one that my my teacher read to me when I was at school, and I always read it to my year five sixes, and then the other week I was reading it and getting to 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 my new class, who was two years younger, and I was thinking. Is this appropriate? I don't know. I'm halfway through now, so I've got to keep oh, on going. No. Um, it's happened a couple of times that I've started reading things and thought, mm. <laughs> <laughs> so I can totally sympathise with Leanne in this situation. Although I can't say that what I have ever had ever accidentally read out to children is quite so poignant as um, I've never read a the book issue that about she's in. dead children to a child with a terminal illness. I, I haven't gone there. No, I no. think they shouldn't even allow. But it's that all right because I don't think Oliver really knows what's going on at the moment anyway. So, so it's fine. Um, Dr. Hospital comes over. I think she was over. more upset that she read it to herself. Yes, I think you're probably right. <laughs> Dr. Hospital comes over and says, we've been on the phone to the, to Germany. Das Krankenhaus has called us. Um, we, we have news of Herr Schmitz. So it turns out that Oliver is not, who'd have thought, a suitable candidate for treatment. The German hospital has been told all about his situation. They've seen his records and everything. They've realised that even though Leanne said... I was downplaying the severity of his symptoms earlier. Even though she said that and they said, well, it's going to be fine. Now they've read exactly what, you know, what the deal is. They've, they're going, no, there's nothing we can do. It's not suitable. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be worth it. It wouldn't be fair on the child. Yada, yada, yada. Um, Sorry, there's nothing we can do. And I can't remember, I can't remember who it is. Is it Nick that tells Toya or something? And, and she can't, she's in two minds about whether to go because of the fostering panel meeting that she's got this afternoon. She, she's in this awful situation where she has to choose, but she's, she knows for Imran's sake, I guess, that she needs to go to the fostering panel. Meanwhile, Nick has, you know, this, this letter that he's read earlier, he can't get out of his head and he's, got in touch with Natasha, he comes over to the flat and he's like, oh, I think I, I think I want to be part of my son's life. And Aww. she's like, you had better mean this, Nick. You don't just walk into my boy's life and then turn around and walk back out again when the going gets tough. And he's genuinely like, no, I think I need to. That that letter is what did it, wasn't it? That letter made me so want to So, so cute. How, how could anybody... Just, you know, put that in your filing cabinet put in your brain. Put that on the mantelpiece and forget yeah. about it. Yeah. I just want to say... That was on the fridge of Nick's is, mind. This, is, <laughs> <laughs> this was a bit of really poor parenting from Natasha and Nick here because Nick is in no fit state to forge a new relationship with a child. I know that we know life is un- uncertain and if anything, if 2020 has taught us anything is that you can't take your time on Earth for granted. But in this case, it is definitely worth leaving a bit of space between your your child who is dying and the child that you want to meet for the first time. Even though even though I appreciate and welcome the drama that this will bring with it, I still think that in reality, if I was Natasha, I'd say, listen, I really want you to have a good relationship with your son and I, want, I don't want it to be like a rebound child. I want you but, to have the mental capacity to give him 100% if that's what you want to do. But he, she, said, she said that to him and he said no. And, yeah, and but she should be this. smart enough to realise that he is in no position to know mm. how he's going to react if, when Oliver dies, whatever happens. You also know that there's going to be a scene some point when little... Sam is there at his big debut planetary 
conference speech that all children who love planets have to do because he's not going to be doing a ball game, is he, or a, fo- or a football match? <laughs> you never know. He's going to be at his spelling bee well. about to tell you how to spell interplanetary <laughs> when Nick's supposed to be there, but sadly he has to be at the hospital to watch Ollie die. How will he pick? Well, I don't think do you know it's going to be mean? long for that. There's going to be a scene where he, he, he yeah, misses he out on something to do with other. Sam because he has to be... Well, he gets... At the end of the episode, He's all, today he's given a choice of somewhere to be, isn't he? Right. But any, anyway, he, he promises he can and, and he's just been pushed yeah, out so want, much throughout this and, and he wants a bit of happiness and he thinks yeah. that if he meets this kid, as as wrong as it is, this might add a bit of joy to his... Utterly miserable life at it the moment. It added a bit of joy to my life. I tell you that for nothing. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. It's so cute because he's he and he's been worried about what the, this kid's going to think of him, and, yeah. and it appears from the letter that the kid's it, very the kid accepting. Care. He's got very low standards. Yeah, for, for so, parents. So Sam shows up later, and my, <laughs> and my notes just say he's bloody brilliant because he is, and it's he's not so often charming. that any character, young or old, has such. A brilliant first impression on you and I've seen I've seen so many children we've seen so many adults who come in and they deliver their lines they're like okay this is interesting or the situation makes them seem outrageous or something you know they're, they're doing something engaging and immediately you think oh mm. this is interesting it's not always it's not always the actor but obviously a lot of the time it's their charisma too. Mm. And and Curry has had some kids in the past who have just... Uh, been immediate, in, and, and then obviously yeah, we're Simon. thinking Simon and Chesney here. Uh, uh, Sam could be the third. Yes, in a way, but Ruby's, Ruby's been a bit, a bit young. Ruby's a bit too little yeah. to be putting that pressure on her shoulders. Sam, to me, is like, if you keep this up, you are there already. I'm going to even say, and I, I don't really want to put too much pressure on anybody, but he could be... To me, I think he's better so far. It's it's early days, but it's a lot of thing. It's a lot of praise to heap on it and on a small, on a small head. But yeah, but you, um, you can have you can have young actors come in and you just like no. But both of us were immediately captured when this kid came on screen, I and I it. was like, I really hope Gemma likes him as much as I do I know. because I think he's amazing. Me too. I and was, I was like, the same thing. And I and I had I wasn't writing down any notes. I was just like, I just want to listen to this boy blabber on about planets and whatever. He's because we have. How would you describe him? I don't know. He was intense, like, intelligent, yes, intense. Um, knowledgeable. I think intense is obsessive. a really good word. Like he was full on. He's like very bright beyond his confident. years, considering how old he's supposed to be. And and the thing is, sometimes I think Curry can't get ages right, and they get characters to say things that ch- that children their age wouldn't say. But this, it's like I've I've known kids like you because Sam's the age of the child children that I've taught for for most of my teaching career, and it's like yeah, th- this is bang on. Some children are like this, and when they are, they're they're. They're special. They they are they are bright. He was a not unreasonably very bright, um, uh, verbally um, <laughs> better than me at the moment. Because I can't get the words out. It's um, like we've got a crush. We're like, oh, <laughs> sounds so fabulous. He's so cute. He's engaging. He's he was charming. He's charismatic. He held the screen. Yeah, he so did. He, he so did. Got your attention immediately. There's something. There is something. Everybody knows this. That je ne sais quoi, that thing that some some people have and some people don't. I want him to stay. And he and I don't has know it. if he will. 
he's talented he's obviously i think he should probably think about doing this acting thing as a as a as a job i think you at, at the end of that scene I, I had not been able to tear my eyes away from the tv and i turned over to Gemma and i was like he's good isn't he? and he was like yeah he's really good i was literally sitting there with my mouth open because when he came in i was like here we go we're gonna so i have, was totally here we another kid actor we're oh, gonna gosh. have this and i i honestly thought they were gonna play it like hello mister will you be my new daddy I like trains. And, yeah, and so we'd, we would be expected to go, oh, it's a child, generic child that I, I yeah. adore because I'm programmed biologically to adore all children, no matter how insipid they are. But mm. no, he just came and he's like, guess what? I know all the planets. I'm awesome. My bike's downstairs. I'm worried about crime. I'm going to be able, <laughs> an astrophysicist. Yeah. And I, and I go stargazing with Natasha at the weekend. And she's like, yep, I have to do that every weekend. <laughs> That's why she's so keen for Nick to be part of his life. She's like, He's like, you Nick, do this. You've got, do you have a car? <laughs> I, I think that Sam is actually Curly's secret love child, not Nick's. That's going to be the be. that's going to be the twist of this. <laughs> but honestly, I was I was bowled over and just yeah surprised, really, really, really surprised. Uh, they did a massive. They did an amazing job. They cast him really well. The actor is really, really good. I've not seen them on other things, but he was, was, was he on good. something on Sky One? He's apparently he's in he's in Brassic on Sky One and he plays Michelle Keegan's son and Michelle Keegan, oh, if you world. didn't know, played Tina on the show on Coronation Street. And he was he was also in The Secret Lives of something or other. Secret Lives of Little Children. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, he's, this don't, is not his first rodeo and you can really honestly tell. What's his name? Um I we wrote it down earlier. I got it somewhere. Jude. Jude, oh, he's, Why did you do this? I told Jude, you. Jude Rawdon. Jude. No, Michael, please. Oh, I, I'm sorry. On you Twitter, wrote... a very lovely lady called Lindsay has told us that she is the the aunt. Yes, and, and we asked and her I to said, the name. How and did I you, how do you pronounce the name? I'll remember that. And she told me it's Reardon. Reardon, okay. Jude Reardon. Yeah. And I told you to write that down, and you, in I your did... absolute... The what's the word? Genius. <laughs> Wrote down the actual spelling of his name. Well, we know now. Jude Reed did jolly good job. I hope that's not in a in a regional accent that we don't possess. Um, I I just want Be- Coronation Street to cling right on to, to him because this is the other thing. I I thought they're just going to get generic child actor because it'll be somebody who'll come into it for a bit and then they'll be character. off again. Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought. But this is like, I I'm. I'm facing the same quandary as Nick here. Oh, I want to keep him. <laughs> yeah, basically. I think... Well, he's well positioned as as an honorary Platt, as um, as a member of the Platt clan. Yeah, he is. He is Nick's son. He is David's half nephew. Something like that. Is he's Bethany's cousin? Or just, or just nephew, nephew. Oh no, it is half nephew, isn't it? They're all half brother and sister. The Platts. It's basically yeah. So he's half cousins with Bethany. Um, Max and Lily. Yeah. So Sarah's is on. A couple of weeks ago, when we first found out about Sam, it was a big twist. But in the back of my head, I was like, I don't need any new characters. I don't definitely don't need any new. Young Honestly, actors. what I thought, I was but like, the storyline is going to be. Of opinion. The storyline is going to be either we never get to see Sam because why are they going to have a child actor on the set during the pandemic when we know there are already children in the show that can't be in the show because of safeguarding reasons because obviously when you have a child actor you have a lot of 
people that have yeah, to come along with them. It's more. It's not just the child actor. It's all the yeah, chef, chaperones, etc. Why would you add that in? Why, why would you burden yourself with this? Or I thought maybe he'll come in, be cute, suck his thumb. Nick will think it's adorable. Then he'll have this dilemma and then he'll go, Natasha, I'm really sorry. I have yeah. to pick Leanne and, and Ollie. And Natasha will say, fine, you will never see us again. I'm leaving and I'm never returning because you've let me down for the last time and that would be the end of it. Mm. But... Now I can see why, even if the plot isn't going to be that interesting, I can totally see why they cast this kid and went, no, we're doing the story. We're going to have this, we're going to have this actor in the show because he is so good. I don't care what they do with him. Mm. I I hope I hope that he's just as good in every other scene because when, when he was in that first scene, I was thinking, when the scene finished, I was like, I hope there's another scene with him in later. And there was. And, and I, at the end of it, I was thinking... I hope he's going to be in the next episode, and he's and and, and if he one is of the best new characters, if he had. is, I hope he's just as good because sometimes you can make a first good impression, a new character, and and then you kind of get to your normal level. I just I just want him to sometimes say like this. they they do put a lot more more effort in at the beginning. Yeah, because they want to they want away. to make a first impression. It will be the writing. It will be down to the the script that they give it. Yeah, and the thing is, tonight's episode I thought was was throughout very well acted very well scripted just I, I was so so impressed really today high high quality, episode, high, high quality episode in general also, so I, I hope that in in you know the hands of other other writers and you know in the middle of other plots that this character can be just as uh, lovable if he gets the chance give him a chance i think we need to get back on well i don't I, that was a that was a massive um segue there that was a big gushing we don't that, this is we don't thing. usually do that we really that don't. was that we was, normally are very reserved, especially about child actors. That was the extent that he made an impression of her on us that we've been diverted for the past 10, 15 minutes. And we I don't, don't even know how long it was. praise without reason. Like, we would never say anything about... We would never spend, like, how long? 10 minutes praising someone <laughs> that if we didn't truly think it was... That, that was genuine. It's not just because we know his aunt on Twitter. <laughs> but that's pretty good pretty good uh revelation of the night i thought yes um so lovely aunt Lindsay, if you're listening hello well she is listening because she said that she listens to the podcast i know is, uh, but yeah so that's, that's that was that. that was we know we know someone famous's aunt now how We're about that <laughs> we are in there right anyway back to the plot um leanne now thinks there's some kind of inter-hospital conspiracy theory to try and prevent Oliver getting the treatment that will obviously have him skipping down the street by the end of next week. She basically thinks that Weatherfield General is trying, to, just trying to save face. And if they admit, oh yes, this German hospital can treat him, then that's as, that's tantamount to saying we're useless doctors. We can't. I want to point something out here. What? Because of the casting restrictions they've got. Whenever Toya talks to someone at the hospital, it's always the same doctor. It's always Doctor Hospital, and I, if I was Leanne, I would. I think I'd be starting to think the same thing, because basically she always goes in and says, "Right, I'm worried, but I think you can treat my son." And the doctor says, "No, we can't." And she says, "I want a second opinion." And she goes, "Okay." The next scene, she says, "Right, I've asked other people, and they agree with me." And you think to yourself, if I was the end, I'd think, yeah. either you're lying 
or you, the, what you're telling them is wrong. Have we ever seen, since Dr. Hospital has come into the show, any other doctors? There was another in the doctor. Hosp- there was Dr. Ward. Yeah, but that. But um, and then since there was, hospitals yeah, come in, Ward but, hasn't but, been in it at but, all. But Leanne asked for a second opinion, and Dr. Hospital went away and came back and said, "I spoke to someone else, yeah, and they agree yeah. with me." And you think, I like, I don't know if you're, I don't know if you're lying or not. But also, I wonder if you went your second, your idea of a second opinion is going. Look at this kid. He's going to die. What do you think? Yes or no? Remember you're coming around my house tomorrow and <laughs> I've got good wine or bad wine. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Answer, like good, the yeah. information that a biased party would give to somebody to lead them to their opinion, you can... De- you can I, I, I refuse to believe that a doctor who, come, who came in for a second opinion would say... Don't tell me anything. I want to do the whole thing myself from the beginning. I don't want any input from you whatsoever because I don't want to be biased. Yeah. You'd say, right, what have you done? We what did, do you think? We did have a little flash of Gaddas the other week, didn't we? Yeah, but Gaddas was just going, yeah, what do I know about it? I'm a GP. <laughs> like, if a, if a specialist in a hospital says this kid is going to die, the GP's not going to be like, oh, I Googled it, and it seems like... <laughs> yeah, you're right, you're right. Anyway, um... Yeah, then we get our second Sam scene where he talks about going stargazing or whatever. Um, we mentioned that earlier. So uh, the I don't know what an astrophysicist is. I think it's made up. No, it's not. I think it's a made up job where people think that they like astronaut, where it is a category of job so large that it's meaningless. It's where you like, you know, find out what gravity is like on Uranus. You know that sort of thing. Whenever I try to think of a planet, <laughs> I can only ever think of Uranus. Um, so. Um, uh, I, bet you, I think... bet you Sam doesn't even think that's funny. <laughs> I, bet so fa- I bet he pronounces it Uranus. I bet he's like, it's not a planet. <laughs> um, so Dr. Hospital says that Dr. Crankenhouse has developed more, uh, sorry, delved, read my notes wrong there, more into what's going on with Oliver. And he says, yeah, there is nothing that we can do. And the Anne say, no, you're just trying to cover up. I don't believe you. I'm, I'm not giving up on my son. I'm going to find a way to get him cured. I don't even need you. That's the end of that. So um, we've also got Toya telling Imran saying that she's freaked out by this whole fostering malarkey and I don't know whether I should be doing this. Um, And then the final long scene of the episode is Nick coming to the hospital, having spent the afternoon with his secret son and ex, um, where Leanne basically unloads all of her worries and fears and um, suspicions onto him. He hasn't got the headspace for this because he's just met his son that he's only just discovered that he's got. Toya comes in as well, revealing that she... um, she put the meeting on ice because she feels like um, she can't go through with it at the moment with everything that's going she's on. She's like, it's not she, the right she's, Yeah, she time. says, oh, it's not the right time to bring a child into the family, is it? And Nick's there going, oh, But what, what if I'm he's doing. really cool? Yeah, what if he knows about space? Um, what if he's going to be an astrophysicist? And then just to, just to rub it in even more, Nick gets a voicemail because all the way through this, his phone is buzzing. And and he's like trying to be discreet about it, and and we know this, at this is we know what this is. Yeah, Leanne's got no idea him. what this is, and Nick's like thinking, and we know time. that Nick's thinking, I really want to answer the phone, but, Nick, but he can't. So cute. So uh, so it, it, yeah, it's Sam. He's left a, a voicemail saying, "Oh, we're going out on the Saddleworth World Stargazing. You can come if you like. That'd be really cool. Bye, love you." No, yeah, he says, "Love you," in such a cute and casual way. I tell you what, Natasha's coached him. She has, yeah. She knows that he's a factory boss. Little does she know that uh, he's soon going to be penniless. 
Right. Um, yeah, Nick says to Leanne, that was just work. Yeah, so and, he's... And also, Toya is now backing Leanne, saying, we oh, have yeah, to yeah. go to a med- mediation meeting, we're going to have one next week. Yeah. I think Toya is throwing herself into supporting Leanne, not just because she's a nice person and she's a counsellor, but also because this is now her sunk cost yeah. fallacy, where she's like, I've jacked in my, my future plans for having a kid... This can't. This can't just be for me to sit here and pat Leanne on the back for a half an hour, while we decide that this is the end for Ollie. Mm. I've got to throw myself into making my sacrifice worth mm. worth it by saving Ollie and helping Leanne. Yeah, I'm. I'm wondering whether Toya is going to find out about Sam somehow because obviously the truth's going to come out. And should Nick have kept it from Leanne, Toya will Ollie find out and I've, she'll say. If they were going to cast a kid in this show and they knew I was fostering, could they not have cast Sam as my foster child? Why do you get your secret kid and you didn't even know you had one? This wasn't even the story. I've had a story about wanting a kid since I came back in the show. I've not stopped banging on about it. Now I still can't even have one. Now I, I Can think, I borrow Sam? I think it would be quite juicy if Toya found this out because she she's she's good at keeping secrets that she probably should tell <laughs> like the alley being on drugs thing yeah and that the the baby swap thing yeah and then she's like oh yeah maybe i should have just told somebody about that at the end so i i can totally imagine her finding out about sam and then not telling leanne and then leanne finds out and then leanne has a go at toya Ugh. Which we, we've seen a number of times before, but it, it feels to me I like it might know. might go that way. I don't because know. Because the number of people who know about Sam is spreading, and I'm looking forward to seeing Nick telling, feeding back to David and Sarah next week about what it was like, if he does. Oh, he'll be so proud. Uh, and yeah, if... if uh, Leanne's got to find out some way, hasn't she? And I, it would be a lot more soapy if, if somebody else found about it first, and, and Toya seems like the obvious person who is who, uh, yeah, going to be more agonising to see them not to tell Leanne. How is Leanne going to react? Because so, the thing is, before I was Just like, do not know Leanne's going to be cross because blah, blah, blah. And now I'm like, but Sam's cool. Maybe Leanne will be be okay with it because he'll just be cool and charming. <laughs> I don't think so. No, I know. I, I can't... I mean, it's probably going to be the day that Ollie dies is the day that Leanne finds out that Nick's been keeping the secret all along. So she is probably just going to have a meltdown and explode. I just can't see where she can go from where she is now. No. Like, Jane Danson's given all that she's got in every scene. She's cried and, and wept and shouted and just looked desperate and hopeless. And she, as so I feel tragic. emotionally worn out watching her. I just think if she found out that Nick had a son, I think she would just nod and leave and you'd never see her again. You know, just like that's the end. That's the final brick in the wall. I'm off. I can't see Leanne I've, leaving, gonna, doing anything I'm gonna quietly. Literally She's always got an extra. Go and live in a nunnery. And take a vow of silence, and that's the end. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? It's like where can she go from? Like she's already turned it to eleven. Where's she going to go now? Where yeah. would she go? What would she say? Also, the other thing I'm thinking is that Nick and Leanne's relationship is essentially doomed. By this, I think, it is. I, think I can't see Leanne going. Yeah, I can accept another child in my life. It's kind of handy because we've already got all this kid stuff here. 
You know what I mean? Mm. Like, he can come over at the weekends. There's no way that she, her heart could take Nick building a relationship with his child while she grieves and mourns a child that she has lost. She couldn't do it. No. And Nick can't give up a relationship with his son for Leanne's grief. I mean, do, you, do you think that Nick's going to end up with Nasha? Nasha? <laughs> Nasha. Um, Natasha? Or, or is... It, we, we, I think we mentioned on the podcast a few weeks ago that Natasha's going to end up getting killed off tragically somehow, so Nick has to end Adopt. up keeping him. I can imagine... I'll, 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 I'm going to drive that car. I'm going to write Natasha right down. <laughs> I can imagine Nick sort of really getting to, to love Sam and decide that he wants to be part of his life in a very permanent way as much as possible and suddenly like I never knew that my life had a meaning I thought I was living a life but it was just a shadow now everything I've ever wanted I never knew it it's all come to pass and and Sam is the the meaning of my life and then Natasha says I'm off to Spain tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) with my boyfriend um no and then and then he sort of goes well what's the key to this Natasha's the key Oh, well, she, I kind of thought she was hot. I guess I'll get back with Natasha. And then Natasha going, uh, hang on a minute. I yeah. absolutely don't fancy you at all. That'd I'm not here for you. He definitely I flip-flops fancy, quite easily. I fancy, who's eligible on the street at the moment? Who's um, she going to... Daniel. I'm going to I'm gonna marry Daniel. Mm. And, and Im- imagining how mad that would make Nick. Because Nick's the sort of guy, he's so arrogant, that he gen- I bet you he would think to himself, yeah, Natasha's just waiting for me to ask her... To, to go out with her every woman wants me mm. of course she'd say yes and then for Natasha to shoot him down would be quite funny the, the fact that we've seen Nick go from woman to woman at a time in the street makes that a certain possibility I mean he, he did he did he marry Elsa I can't remember he did didn't oh, he oh yeah uh, out of nowhere so I can totally see him quickly being drawn to Natasha just through through Sam but I I real, really feel sorry for Leanne in advance when that happens she, I, she doesn't I mean, deserve this I'm assuming that's where it's going, just because I can't see that there would be any room in Leanne's life for anything except... Mm. And anyway, also, don't forget, when a child dies... I don't know about when a child gets sick, but I do know when a child, say, dies under violent circumstances, is murdered or something, I do know that very often the parents don't make it through... They get divorced yeah. quite regularly, so perhaps be, I don't know. Especially because the the tension there is that it's not Nick's son. Mm, mm. Um, I, another thing I was thinking about Sam is I'd be interested to see what um, Simon would think of him because I could imagine that Simon. I know he's kind of coming out of his horrible phase, but I could imagine him bullying Sam for being a bit different. A Simon bit. would hate Sam, yeah, because he'd be jealous mm. and. Um, he is. He's just an ass. He, he's he's a bit older though, isn't he? I mean, if Sam's nine and Simon's what, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen now. Depends on how much of a family relationship. I don't see why there would be any. Well, because if if Nick, Leanne, Simon. Yeah. If they Sam, if they end up, but if you that happens. Thing is, if you're if you're an acquaintance with a child, and you're older, and you're a child. You're like, whatever. But if you're forced into a family relationship with a kid that's definitely younger than you and you think, I can bully this kid, you probably mm. would do, especially if you're a nasty little uh, And, and git, Honestly, like... I think... And again, they're all maybe a little bit too old for it, but I could see Amy and, and Asha being drawn into that as well if Simon was bullying Sam for being a bit of a... a bit of a, a bit of a nerd, for want of a better word. But I tell you what, 
I'd like to see Sam and Nina just randomly having a scene together because I think that those two would get on like a house on fire. They would. Sam and Roy. I thought this earlier. I just have this really sweet image in my mind of Nick holding Sam's hand and walking him down the street and introducing him to all of the residents of the street, like going, this is my son, look at him, isn't mm. he amazing? Mm. And everybody going, yeah, he is actually, he's pretty cool. <laughs> you make that. Um, right, what else we got in this story? Um... If I was Nick, I'd, I would like phone up the television and say, how much for an advert? To just say, my kid is amazing. Okay, we, we've gone too far, we've gone too far. Um, the, the the business is being sold. I, I, is it happening a bit quick? I'm surprised that we didn't hear anything from Tim. And we did see some Tim this week about streetcars being sold. Does he know? Is he going to turn up for work one day and Ray's going to be there saying, problem. your name's not on the list, you're not coming in? And the same with, like, Mary at the florists. There's been no fallout from the other characters involved and that's exactly the same as the garage where we've seen next to nothing of Tyrone's reaction to having Ray owning it we we definitely didn't see Fizz find out that her partner's um, business is now owned or partly owned I can't even remember what happened by this dodgy bloke from the bistro it feels like they're missing out there and, and maybe it's because they don't Maybe they want to keep it a secret. Maybe they hope we don't realise that this is happening to lots of people or is it all going to happen at once? Are they saving the community horror for the 60th in December? I don't know. What do you think? I'm not really sure. I don't know. You, uh, you're not surprised that Tim and Mary haven't seemingly been consulted about this? I don't know. if it's... The thing is, they don't. What, why would they sell it now? Who? Oh, for after the... Yeah, now, now that they don't need this German treatment. Yeah. You're so right. They, it doesn't even matter. They won't, and it doesn't matter, but th- there's missed opportunity for drama there that I'm surprised they, they, they didn't cash in on. So, I don't know. Um, that, was, that was one thing that I noticed. And, um, yeah, Ray's, Ray's donation, you said that you thought it was just some kind of... Uh, well, I can't remember what you said earlier, but why why he agreed to offer that ten thousand well, pounds? PR in it. He didn't need to though, and when he was saying to David last week or the week before, whenever it was, that like, I, I need just to get, sell more lasagna. Yeah, and I and I don't I don't think that that was the real reason. I don't think he really cares but what people think about him. But what's his ulterior motive to give ten grand to? A... I don't know. I think it's just to deflect suspicion. Mate, and perhaps to, maybe... to also if say. Say you were like, oh, he's offering me 20 grand more than this house is worth. I don't want to move, though. I don't see why I should. And then someone says, yeah, but he's he's a really good guy. He gave 20 grand to do whatever. You know what I mean? Mm. Would, would, it, would it be enough to make you, if you were on the fence, go, well, I don't know. I, I don't, don't know. think it would make much difference I to me. I wonder whether it's going to make any difference to, I mean, is Ray going to want to take the salon at some point and... Who was it that owns the salon at the moment? I can't remember. Maria? Who it. No, I think Maria manages it. Isn't it Claudia that owns it at the moment? I can't remember. <laughs> but in any case, they might have a, you know, oh, look, this is a nice guy that lent, that, that donated £10,000 to Nick. So, yes, of course, in this, we, we'll sell it. I don't know. I, I'm... It certainly can't help, can't 
be a detriment to you to have people think of you fondly, yeah. but to the tune of ten grand for, for nothing so far. I want to know what Ray's worth. Also, yeah, to, I mean, we're saying like, oh, how can, why would you give £10,000? If we gave £10,000 to a sick kid, we'd be eating lentils for a year. <laughs> Maybe Ray has got £10,000 just lying around and it could just very well be that he does it for tax write-off or like he gives ten grand to charity every year anyway mm. and he's like, why not just bung it to these, this kid and have this guy think I'm the bee's knees in case I need him later. Yeah, true. Okay, um, let's let's move on to the next story then. So the uh, the Prozzy Osborne story, um, which oh, this was the um, the soap coincidence story, wasn't it on Monday? Which uh, when Jeff overhears Nikki and uh, Daniel in the in the in the gardens, oh, it's just, just like hmm. like, like I said, I wasn't a fan of Monday's episode. I was thinking, oh, this is going to be another naff week, and 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 this was quite a big part of Monday's, um, along with the next story, which we will get to eventually. It's a long street talk. Um, so Jeff um, is still determined that either Daniel or Adam have taken his envelope of money from the solicitor's office last week, and they're both denying it. Um, Dev tells Adam oh, it's a shame you haven't got CCTV because then you could have found out what happened to it and that gets Adam thinking and this is where um, misdirection from yeah this show. is another misdirection but I think we, we'd, we'd said yeah. oh, I, I think you said actually oh I bet Adam hasn't got CCTV he's going to trick Daniel which is what happens meanwhile speaking of Daniel Nikki phones him for a change and she's not in Lytham so they agree to meet up at Victoria Gardens she says she's going this afternoon um, she try she tries to return the return the vast majority of this five thousand pounds. It, it turns out that she I thought she tried to return four thousand pounds. No, of it. no, she didn't need. She needed the four grand. She didn't need. She Was got it the other way around? About a thousand pound left over. Okay, so. Um, she yeah, she hands this, the envelope of money back to Daniel, and what do you know? Jeff is walking round the corner, and he sees it all. He's like, I had an envelope of money. Mm. That must be the same one. I hate it when they do that. It's it's so often, but, but sometimes it's even worse. Than I, I don't understand how you would write it any other way. This is the trouble. There's a lot of the things we criticise are kind of a necessary evil of telling it these stories. It just doesn't feel like it always used to happen quite so much that no, people just happen to be walking at the right place at the right time. It, it always is. Anyway, he doesn't want to take it at first, but she insists... So he, he takes it, they have a, a, they say goodbye to each other, she goes over to the trans stop, Jeff's there glowering at them from afar. Um, this means that Nikki's story is even more of an insult than it previously was. Well, let's get to, we'll get to that when we've done the synopsis, but I, I totally agree with you. Um, so Adam comes to see Daniel later and says, I'm going to check through my CCTV footage. I'd forgotten that Imran had had a camera installed recently. How would you forget that? But never mind. And I think at this point I was thinking, oh yeah, of course, he's forgotten he had a CCTV. Good old CCTV. Everywhere's got CCTV when they need it. Um, and apart from the time that they really, really need it, and then it turns out that it's broken, it's going to be that again. So Daniel completely takes the bait and goes to the lawyer's office for a sneaky look, falling right into Adam's trap. He comes up and he's like, I haven't got any CCTV, really. And although maybe maybe Daniel says it first, oh, you haven't got it, have you? And Adam's like, yep, you, 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 you fell for it. Um, well, he goes, yeah, you're, you're I, the, know I know you... now that you must be have been the one that took the money because you're obviously worried about where it could be. Yeah. So Craig um, 
Ben comes Craig's to see them. Very busy, he's been very busy re- arresting his neighbours this week. <laughs> he, he's going to have to start donating some money to the. Uh, I suppose he does. He donates some money to uh, to Daniel's funds this week, doesn't he? Defund the police. Um, he, Get rid of Craig. He's had. He he's come up to arrest Adam and or Daniel uh, <laughs> because of what's been going on. Both of them deny any knowledge this is at the police station well, later about at the this money point you know that jeff has reported yeah from what he's seen daniel had my money yeah adam um good for him sticks up for his uncle and doesn't say anything um and, and, Dan- and daniel at first says that as well but eventually when the officers the detectives tell, tell daniel that this could end up looking pretty bad for for adam's firm are you sure you want to have the, have the company's name dragged through the mud like this he kind of backs down and said you're right fair cop governor it was me what took the money jeff uh wants the book thrown at daniel and then and then there was another little bit where i was like oh that's a shame that they just de-escalated like that he's he's there ranting at daniel in the street then he sees tim come along Jeff does he's like oh Tim my beloved son you don't still hate me do you oh Daniel I've changed my mind you don't have to um, give me the money back after no, all no I'm not going to press I'm, charges oh yeah I'm not going to press charges after all that's right um, aren't I generous and benevolent Tim but Tim's not interested so good on him for that um, so um, didn't fall for it at all no so Adam's mad at Daniel later Craig wants Daniel to have a word with him uh, because Craig obviously is uh, linked to this whole story being Sinead's cousin. So in his, the police hat off, cousin hat on, Craig saying, what's going on? What kind of shape Cause is Daniel, cousin's hat? What, <laughs> what shape is the cousin's hat? I imagine it's like a big floppy straw hat, like a beige one. There you go. Um, so he's like, what, what are you talking about? Because Daniel tells him everything, kind of about what's been going on with him and not Sinead, um, Nicky. He doesn't, he doesn't go quite so far to say, say I've I been making her dress up as your dead cousin. into an effigy of a, of a dead woman. Yeah, but he, he kind of paints enough of a picture for, for Craig to say, what the heck have you been doing? Um, and, then, and then he generously offers to lend Daniel the money for the plat with all this flat... De- uh, sorry, he offers okay. to give Daniel the money to pay Jeff back with his flat deposit savings. So I'm sure that Imran and Toy will be thrilled to hear that they've got Craig living with them for another... They don't need I don't space because they're not having a kid anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, Craig, Craig has pretty much told Daniel what everyone else has been shouting at the screen for months, which is basically, you're crazy. Get out, get yourself yeah. sorted out, mate. Get yourself sorted out. Here's some money. I want it back at some point, please, I assume. He said uh, uh, off screen. Um, so Daniel is, Daniel is fine is to give that to the police. screw up. Totally is. Uh, Wednesday, Daniel... Imagine being lent money by Craig. I know, I know. That Craig's must... got so much more of a handle on what his life is supposed to be. He's got a career that, look, compare the two people... I don't know how much difference there is in age. There can't be quite a lot of difference in age. Yeah, not much. Daniel has done nothing with his life except have grand aspirations. That he's failed at miserably because he can't apply himself. I understand he had a lot of things on his mind. But I feel as though he kind of took advantage of those things by using them as an excuse for getting out of doing any work. <laughs> he has it. He works part time as a waiter in a restaurant that isn't open. No, he doesn't work there anymore. No, and then he works part time as a Lawyers. desk monkey yeah. for his uncle, his his nephew. 
he hasn't got any savings, he's got debts, he's got a kid, he's got a tiny pokey flat, and then you've got Craig, who's, who's identified a career, trains to work in that career, qualified, is now working, and has savings for a flat. Mm. Craig is in, like, the top 1% of the population of, of people his age, isn't yeah. he? He's got, he? He is totally switched on. I'm so proud of Craig. He has got, yeah, he's got his goals, hasn't he? Um, and he's completely conquered there, that there, OCD thing that he had. Oh, yeah. As we all know, it's very easy to... Yeah, when, when he was handing out the cash to Daniel, he wasn't counting it and making Don't sure that make it was... do joke. We've said this before about sorry, it. OCD sorry. is a very serious mental disorder. I don't know what the correct term, mental disorder. I don't know if that's right. And it's debilitating and very often people will never never recover from it and but craig is Craig's totally fine craig, craig seemingly never had it so we're just gonna have to pretend that so when the, the the story just peters out on wednesday and friday really wednesday is just about um daniel getting the money and giving it back to jeff jeff gives him some worldly advice of don't let some tart ruin your life is he referring Sage. to uh yasmin there um, I can't. We did I can't have a nice. Argue li- with that. We did have a nice little fallout between Daniel and Adam because Daniel's just been running to Adam every five minutes throughout all of this, and uh, at this point, Adam is in a grump after Carla comes to visit him, which is in the next story, um, and he tells Daniel, "Look, give him that. I wash my hands of you. You need to grow up." He's, yeah. he's just been telling him what you've been saying basically about him. Um, so that that's the end of that, really. And, and Friday, and I'm only just putting this in because it's linked through Jeff. Um, we we learn that Sally and Tim are getting married next week because when Tim said he was going to cancel the wedding, whenever it was, weeks, months ago, um, it turned out that he forgot to actually confirm it. So the date is still going ahead. And there, there was actually some nice, some quite nice he character stuff. He forgot to cancel the, the cancellation of the cancellation. Yeah, basically. Um, so the wedding's still on. And, and, and Sally's obviously taken quite aback by the news that she's oh. going to get, be getting married next week. Is this is a shame actually that they didn't cancel the wedding with three days' notice because this is normally how the other characters would get their wedding. I know booked. it's true, it's true. So this explains why this happens a lot in Weatherfield, mm. doesn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, as I said, there's just some nice character building stuff in here, and they've got an awful lot of broken bridges to repair because Tim and Sally have been, you know, dragged through the mud. And this once beloved couple is a shell of its former self. But actually, in today's scenes where Sally was getting Tim to pose like a yucca plant and and they, and they just had, you know, nice chats together. I was like, yeah, I, they, they can work together really well. Sally and, and Joe Duttine have got some great chemistry. Let's let's see it in their marriage and let's not get them wed to each other next week. Probably have some sort of Jeff drama and then we don't hear from them for months until on a six-week holiday. Yeah, one of, one of the other a, one. Which includes a candlelit dinner. Oh yeah, which always costs a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, and then we don't hear about them again until one of them wants to have an affair in you know six months' time. So I thought that was nice, um, but I suppose I suppose the Jeff, Nikki, Daniel stuff was just the end of previous drama. I don't I don't think there's a whole lot to talk about apart from just. Isn't it annoying that people overhear other people, but sometimes you have to do that. Any Anything to add for that one? Well, like we said, and you told me I had to wait. And Nikki, Nikki's dreams of, oh, yeah, of yeah. working in a, in a B&B with her aunt 
could only be funded by vast amounts of cash and the only way to get that was to become an escort even though she really didn't actually want to do it but it turns out that her debts weren't even five grand no like and i'm assuming that some of the money that she's taken wasn't just debt playing but things like buying a tram ticket or a train ticket getting food for them yeah, to getting eat the fish and chips get you know getting getting the kid there getting her set up in a, in a flat somewhere and she still had money left over from five grand. Nikki, you are nothing but a big, lying trash bag. Do you think this is the last that we've seen no, of her? No, unfortunately I, not. I feel like it's not. It could be. It felt like a final goodbye. The only way I want to see her coming back now is for her to come back and go, oh, I'm so sorry, Daniel, I lied. Um, actually, I, I used to be on drugs and I got out of it but then i owed the dealer money and um i wasn't actually going to a a b and b you know like mm. the story that i told you was rubbish because it it doesn't make sense and here's the real story and this is why you should feel sorry for me and not just think that i'm a big chancer the other part of the story that looked like it could have been interesting and maybe now it looks less likely that it's going there is is she linked to jeff has jeff been one of her clients has jeff been the client of one of her colleagues and i don't think that we have seen a scene where nikki comes face to face with jeff yet have we so there's still the possibility there but when we were last week speculating was jeff the person that beat her up in the hotel room it seems like that's less likely now but he not saw, completely impossible but he saw um jeff saw daniel and nikki together because he saw them oh yeah and, 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 and nikki was facing him wasn't he I think if but you... But it still, it still feels honestly, like there should it, be... Right. If it, if they are connected, Chronosha Street has dropped the ball because if you saw out of the corner of your eye the man who'd beaten you the week before, you you would instantly re- see him. He, you had wouldn't, a, he had a mask on. You would pick up on it. Mm. There's, there still could be a link, even if it isn't Jeff and Nikki. It could be uh, Jeff and one of Nikki's I'd rather mates. it was something different because... The fact that this five £5,000 was being carried around by Jeff in an envelope, it's way more interesting to me if it isn't for an escort. Because then the question is, what is it for? That's that's very true. That's, maybe maybe they want us to think it's for an escort. But, yeah, is it something is to it, do with Elaine? Is it some kind of ransom money? Or? Oh, is he giving her money to... No, is he like... um. You you keep you keep your mouth shut, and she's like, I can't, I can't. I literally have nowhere to live. Yeah. I have to live here. They know where I am. They've got my address. I need to get away. And he's like, right, take five thousand pounds, which I don't care about because it's not my money. It's the Yasmin's, yeah. and go. And if I give you this, you go. Oh, wouldn't it have been a great way to end the week? A week of twists to have had a final scene where Jeff goes to visit Elaine and gives her that money. Not that he's got a. Yeah, he does have it all back at the yeah, end, doesn't well, he? Yeah, because Craig, Craig gives the whole lot. That would have been a great twist at the or end of the week. Or even just seeing him counting the money that, that Daniel gave him and then we see him outside the tram station counting the money and putting it in his in his jacket pocket and going like, I'm going to go and this is, like, this is my task. Yeah. This money that, is maybe going the, somewhere. The, the envelope has the name Elaine or Philippa on. By the way, speaking of her <laughs> Elaine name... Elaine and then Philippa... 
rubbed out. No, Toya Wilcox crossed out and Paula oh, Wilcox put on the front of her. Because that was pointed out to me by a few people. I keep getting those mixed up. It's like the uh, Colleen's. It's 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 quite yeah you know no Colleen Rooney Roo- no uh, what? what's the name Colleen Rooney and Colleen no oh who is it who is it that I got mixed up that one time Nolan Nolan who is it Colleen Ke- it was those people that I get mixed up the footballer's wife and the loose woman star you know what I mean if you've been listening long enough okay remember who they are now but anyway I apologise Paula Wilcox for getting your name wrong last week I'm sure it might happen again Gemma I'm afraid that it falls to you to do the uh, the dull love triangle quadrangles uh, two-sided shape line um, it is Colleen Co- Co- I don't know how to say it oh don't anymore. worry come on Gemma let's, let's get through this one because this, this was this was the low point of a, of a pretty good week I thought although it did have its merits on Monday we learned that the Royal Mail is still being severely impacted by COVID-19 because a Lapland brochure arrives for Sarah and Adam's holiday yeah the, which they must have um they must have ordered at least six or seven weeks ago. Yeah, it's come through the post. Oh, sad, we can't go on holiday. I say just go on holiday, but separate. Don't cheat yourself out of a holiday. <laughs> Carla is still cool towards Peter. Oh, yeah, God, forgot this is boring, isn't it? I tell you, I Trying warned to you. convince her. It was just a slip of the tongue when he said, you slept with Jordan. And then Peter and Abby bump into each other and catch up. And Peter says, oh, dear, it's not looking good with Carla. But, you know, you should definitely sort things out with Kev. And then Abby goes into the factory to talk to Carla. <laughs> this was all this week was this these group of characters talking to each other about their, their relationships with other people. Mm. And talking about things that had happened. And we didn't really get to see anything happen. We just heard them talking about stuff that had already happened. And it was very boring. Yeah. Abby comes to the factory to patch things up with Carla and says, let's not, I don't want you to let this get in the way of you and Peter getting together. And also, maybe you should look in the mirror if you want to blame anybody, because maybe it was your fault. Then Carla goes to the Rovers. Victing blaming from Abby there. And says, Peter, we've grown apart. And he says, I've been struggling to get close to you. And she says, oh, maybe it is my fault because you just wanted female attention. Yeah, because Carla's thing this week is she said that since um, all her kidney stuff and the medication and she's she suffers of yes yeah, psychosis and she's had a lack of libido and she's like saying oh yeah well that's that's why you're going after Abby then it's no wonder it's me it's me causing it's this. It's my fault. I'm not I'm not putting out. Mm. And then Peter goes to the factory to make up with her, and she says, "I want it to be like it used to be. Why don't we get back together?" And then Sarah says, goes to Adam and says, we should get back together too. And Adam says, no, not so fast. We've got a week of this. <laughs> when- Let's do it really, really slowly. Carla and Peter, I was hardly talking on Wednesday because he didn't even come to bed until nearly three o'clock. Even though it looked like they made up on Monday. No, that was all a lie. Peter goes to Adam and says, <laughs> let me talk to you about my relationship with Carla and and how Abby came on to me and then Sarah is stressing at work because Tom Reed the factory guy who was entertained by Michael and Michael last week um, is coming in 
this what this really drove me crazy at the beginning of Wednesday's episode. I spent ages ranting at you about this, but then by the time the Michael twist came, I was completely over this. I didn't care anymore. I I, I liked this, this bit of the story because to Nina me. was in it. For some reason, Nina's around the factory listen, because she's getting a key. Listen, for some reason, Sarah, who I can't remember how she got to work in the factory, apart from she was the PA one time, is now. Not only the head of the factory, but also in charge of design and development of their of the the garments that they're going to wear, and she's putting together by herself the design and the pitch for Tom Reed to get him to give them his bit her business. So Tom Reed has said, "I want knickers that are classic, vintage, and contemporary with a with a modern twist, which means absolutely nothing." And then from that, Sarah has drawn the blandest pictures of knickers and pants that you would ever see i don't know how she's drawn this i don't know if she's got any talent at drawing i don't know if she knows about design i don't she's know just saying, well, she knows how this to is put what together we, this is what we make this is what we do all the time and i've just put various colors of peach and pink on the bottom to indicate that we can do this in multiple colors because if there's one thing we learned from alia is that do- everything doesn't have to just be black Yes. Carla comes by and says, why don't I just do it? And Sarah says, oh, yeah, keep reminding me that you can do my job better than I can. It's like, Sarah, at this point, the yucca plant that Sally's planning to put in the living room can do your job better (laughs) than you. Nina's there in the factory because she's dropping off no, she's collecting keys. a key. She's lost the key and she, for the uh, Roy's, I guess, so she has to get one She's there. Carla. This was one line that explained why Nina was there. Yeah, it was a blink I, and you miss it. I felt was a bit silly considering that it was very odd that Nina was there at all. She sees them with this design and and then Sarah talks to Carla about her and Adam's relationship. Tom Reed turns up. Sarah sees him and says, oh God, I've realised I've left the costings that I did, and this was another thing that didn't make sense, at home, so she rushes off to get them. Carla sees Adam while Tom reads in the car on his phone, and she's embarrassed to be standing there waiting for him to get out of the car to start the meeting. So she says, Adam, come and talk to me. Um, You need to talk to Sarah because you clearly still love her, and he admits that he does, and there's a bit of a breakthrough there. Mm. Then Carla... Tom and Sarah go into the factory and Sarah picks up the board that she had she got the designs on to find that Nina has scribbled all over them and wouldn't you know that they're exactly what Tom is looking for <laughs> because they incorporate his classical vintage brief that he gave them. He really likes them and despite what you might think for somebody who's driven all the way to the factory during a pandemic, he literally just wants to look at a piece of paper, say yes or no, and then leave I and know. not talk about anything else. Sarah might as well have left the costings in her house because she hasn't worked out any of the pricing for any of the fabrics, <laughs> or indeed even if they have these fabrics in stock, if Nina has used fabric or even considered the fabric when she drew the design, which we know that she has, because that's what the story will be. But these two women have trusted a random teenage girl that they know only has eccentric clothes. Well, we know that she has, she is into fashion design because when we were we back know. at Richard's house, yeah. We know, they don't. All but I don't know. know whether they know. This is why I was a bit confused about this. Like, at the end of this, spoiler alert, Nina gets a job, temporary trial period, freelance. helping out at freelance at the factory. 
I would have thought that the subject of her potentially working with Carla at Underworld might have come up sooner, considering how close they Carla are. and Roy are and, and Nina's involved in this as well, and, they, and they've lived with each other and everything. I would have thought that Carla might have said before to her, well, why don't you try and design, design some stuff for us? What, what do you reckon? It just, yeah, it seemed like this story came six months too late. And also, did all, the, all, the, all that Nina really did was colour in... She had some and things. And added lots of trim, which would increase the cost of these things ex- exponentially. But I'm going to shut up about that now because this is, doesn't make... None of this makes any sense. I get Underworld, the idea that Nina would know all that, though, because she no, seems to know how what she's does, How about. does Nina... Listen, she's very talented. She clearly knows what she's doing. She clearly knows how to make clothes. None of that necessarily translates into putting together a design that will be cost effective to manufacture i don't know what they do at college these days when they do fashion design so you think that within five minutes that she was left alone she not only came up with the design and drew it but also worked out that all of them would be economically viable to manufacture he was on the phone for a long time in his car that time well, long enough for Adam to tell Carla that he wanted to get back with Sarah again. And then for Carla to tell Sarah that Adam is definitely madly in love with her and she should go and talk to him. So Sarah then goes, she's on a high now because she's got she's got uh, this, these new great designs that Tom Reed loves. And she feels probably like she's got out of doing a, part, a massive part of her job that she clearly isn't very good at, which is designing pants. <laughs> she's not good at any aspect of her job at the factory. She goes to see Adam, finds him in his office with a half-naked Naomi, who's a girl that he used to know at school that they just happened to coincidentally bump into each other while they were naked in <laughs> yeah, the they, office. They bumped and they, they ground. Yeah. Carla goes over to the cafe and says to Nina it's quite funny she's like Nina did you come to the office and draw all over our picture that we were then going to use in a meeting and she was like oh it was so rubbish I thought it was I thought it was going in the bin oh it was in the bin wasn't it I don't she's like sorry I I was just I was just done I don't know but eventually but Carla Carla's tricking her into thinking she did a bad thing but actually she's she hires a freelance Freelance designer, not that we need a designer because you've already designed it, you sucker. Yeah, for free. I don't know how many other big clients they've got that don't know what they want them to make. This is what I don't get. Thunderworld is a manufacturing company. Why can't people come to them with what they want to be manufactured? I don't know how these things work. I don't know I'm how not these things work, in work either. But I just can't imagine myself going, I want some pants. I'll just go to a factory and say, make me pants that are vintage. And then they have to... It's a different service to designing it. Surely the surely the, company, the design company comes up with the idea and then gets it to be manufactured in the factory. Well, the, 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 the role of Underworld <coughs> has changed since its reopening, hasn't it's it? But I can't really remember what it is. It's supposed to more customer-facing, which they can't do now because there's a pandemic on. <laughs> Anyway, I'm going to chat up about it now. I said I'd chat up about it five yeah, minutes Yeah, Sarah ago. goes to Carla at this point and says, guess what, I've just found Adam, yeah, bonking his ex in So then Carla office. says, I think now what has to happen, I've gone through all the conversations and I think I am due now to go and talk to Adam. So I've she... just had a horrible thought. What if Adam and, Ad- and da- uh, Imran really did have CCTV in that lawyer's oh. office? <laughs> that, the amount of, of rutting that's, that's been going on on that desk. To. Probably if they did, they'd have to, like, buy a Pornhub licence or I something. I think you're right, yeah. <laughs> it actually, it would actually start to 
it would actually start to legally become a brothel at That's, that point. Daniel should have known that, that, they, that they would never have had any CCTV be because he's, he's only been working there for a month or so, but he probably has to, you know, put his noise-cancelling headphones yeah. on or, or just leave the office. Well, It would be prosecuted for creating obscene materials. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Car- Sarah tells Carla, Carla goes to the lawyer's office, and like this, this was scene. a very great confrontation because mm. she says, you know what? Men have been telling women for thousands of years that we are disgusting when we sleep around, so I'm going to use the word that you use against us and call you a slut. And then she throws a... She throws a stapler at him. Imran's favourite stapler. She calls him a rutting chimp man or something, doesn't she? Yeah, she she does. She she just, she lays into him. She she is on a roll. I thought this was brilliant and more classic Carla this was great I thought that was good I love this Keep this is Carla coming back into her own mm. and a, a li- little bit of feminism in there as well She's it's kind of starts turning into a a bit of a woe is me um, you know oh, I've forgotten the word about about her and Peter and Abby as well She she's mad at Adam isn't she but it turns into her moaning about Peter the state Abby. of her um Love life, yeah. She goes back Peter to Peter and, and says, I love you. And then they, and Peter goes, She oh, gets all riled up. This is exactly what I want to hear. Let's go and make love. Yes, yeah, so they're okay for now. Then on Friday, we have a showdown in the street between Adam and Sarah. He's still mad about this. <laughs> and then Sarah talks to Shona and she's like, Oh, yeah, I'm really upset. Oh, by the way, um, Oh, it's really nice of you to ask. Yeah, it's really nice that you care because because Shona yeah. is showing an interest. Isn't and she's it, like, she? I don't really care, but I guess I should do because we're supposed to be friends, aren't we? <laughs> Let's get a speed dial together. So they all arrange like the the rando street women with no friends community club or whatever it is, where Maria, Shona, Sarah, somebody else, Carla, Carla, all go and have socially distanced lunch at speed dial. And if you thought it was annoying when you go walking down the road and there are four women strung out in a line talking to each other and walking really slowly so you can't get past them, wait till you see four women sitting in four different corners of a, of a restaurant trying to have lunch <laughs> with each other. <clears throat> so, yeah, Gary and Maria have come back from their six-week-long honeymoon. I don't think it's, it's ridiculous. really canon that it's supposed to be It was six mid-August when they got married, so... It, it, it's like with um, Adam and Sarah, wasn't it? They seemed to be away for like two months or so. I really wish that when, when Maria and Gary had come back, they hadn't made a thing about saying, oh, you've just come back. Why couldn't they have just said, oh, you've been back for, you know, a few weeks now, haven't no, you? No, because, because Maria's very insufferable. This is part of the story, that Maria's insufferable about her honeymoon. Mm. So they all go, they, yeah, Maria's um, speed doll party, whatever. We was like, oh, when I went on honeymoon with Gary and we were hardly out of bed and we had so much fun. Oh, and he but, took me yeah, to a candlelit dinner. So expensive. She says like, that over it, half of their time reason, was spent in bed. So that's like three weeks solid shagging. Gross. For some reason... <laughs> She's not pregnant by the end of this. In, the, in Greater Manchester, it feels to me as though if you put a candle on the table, immediately you charge an extra 50% on the top. <laughs> but I have to tell you that were you to go anywhere else in the country, even further north than Manchester, because, yes, it is true, you can go up from there, it's pretty standard to have a candle on the table. In fact, they sometimes do it at Pizza Express. 
I don't. Th- I think Gary might have been having you on a bit. <laughs> how much that candlelit dinner cost? Um, and and they also had an argument because Maria Con- Connor, who um, made a name Sutherland, told her new husband Gary that she didn't want to take his surname because she suddenly <laughs> become more feminist. But I think it might be something to do with the fact that his surname is Windass. Yeah, who'd want Maria that? Windass. She's like, no, I'm keeping Connor. Thank you. Um, to to honour Liam's memory, of course. I think it might be. So, uh, to be fair, it might be something to do with the fact that she has a child called Liam Connor Junior. Maybe, but they, they they did make a comment on the show. Like, is it? I think even Carla said, "Is it because you don't want to be Windass or something?" Like, that's quite funny. Well, then, so basically, Sarah is listening to Maria talking about how wonderful it is to be married to Gary, and it seems as though half of her is thinking. <laughs> Huh, Gary's no catch. And the other half is thinking, huh, how come she gets to have a good, happy ending with Gary? With Gary? Yeah. And here I am stuck and I haven't even got Adam. Mm. So she's, stu- she's there, she's jealous. And she goes and talks to Gary when he comes in. And I don't know what she says because I can't remember. She's just like, she doesn't say, she says, hey, everybody at home in TV land. Do you remember that I know that Gary Kilkick, Rick Nealon, we're just going to talk about it a little bit and maybe make some hints so that people that might be listening don't listen to us. But everybody, you know, I know, we've got a secret. This is going to carry on next week. Yes, That's what so they Sarah say. is just so unable to watch anyone else be happy when she isn't that she has to put a spanner in the works here for Maria and Gary. Yeah, but I like Sarah and I don't really like Gary or Maria, so I'm, st- I'm still on her side with this. Um, difficult to care about this. It really, really is. It was literally it all was week. Painful. It was Peter and Abby talk about Carla and and Adam and Adam and Carla go on a trip and they have a conversation about Peter and and Sarah. Maria and and Sarah and talks to to uh, Judy Bloom about how much she dislikes. You know what I mean? It's all. People talk to someone else about their feelings about something else going on, and yeah, I don't. It's at the, the end washing of it, machine, isn't it? And I don't it eventually, care. some sort of affair is going to come out of this. It feels like it's like, oh, is it going to be Sarah? So and where did Gary? we end up at the end of the week? We ended so Peter up. Peter and Carla were all right. They they got back together. Adam we ended up with Sarah. Adam and Sarah being even more definitely split up, even though both of them wanted to get back to each other, but Adam happened to bump into his old mate, so he obviously didn't want it that much. Gary and Maria are loved up, but Gary is... Being warned off by Sarah. Yeah. And Abby and Kevin are all okay. Kevin wasn't in it this week, was he? Was even Abby in it? I don't even remember. Abby was was. at the beginning of the week. Was she? But yeah, so things are looking okay for everyone apart from, like, at a surface level, apart from, obviously, Sarah and Adam at the moment. But it feels like it's the calm before the storm because they're they're all going to get jumbled up and... And, and I'm wondering whether it's going to be Carla and Adam, the surprise affair. I think a lot of people got that energy from the, the scene where she was raging at him. Yeah, you only, you know what it's like at school. If you fancy somebody, you throw a stapler at them. Wouldn't be the first <laughs> time that she went after a younger Barlow. No, indeed. She's um, already had Daniel. So it could be, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not fussed either way. Really, really not. Just get it, get it up and get it over with. Get it up. <laughs> Fed up with it, but I, I would say that, yeah, I, I did appreciate this for um, Ali King's performance particularly. I like Sarah. Ad, Adam, I'm I going to go back and forth on about whether I like him. Um, he was all right. 
Um, Ali Ali was great, and but but just the story was was not so good. I'm kind of somewhat interested in seeing what if anything Nina's gonna have what this at the factory, the but that... it could very well go that she doesn't have anything to do with the factory. This was the thing that I found the most interesting that came out of all of that was that Nina perhaps will now work at the factory. And I was also really pleased to see that they didn't just go, Nina, look, Nina's a goth. Goths are, goths are funny and they're like black. Tom Ree comes in, I need a Halloween themed thing. And then <laughs> Nina draws a bat on something and, and colours everything in black. And Tom Ree comes in and goes, Genius. you've captured my vision. <laughs> but more orange and purple. I like I'm really act- glad that they didn't just resort to Nina likes black and bats and that's all we care about the character and she has no depth to her. It's really nice to see yeah. them them kind of like thinking outside the box and going, yeah, this character would actually realize that that she, that she like her tastes aren't the end or be all. I really like that about Nina as well. It's like she although she <clears throat> obviously has a very developed sense of style, it's not something that she is like, oh, everyone who doesn't wear black isn't cool, you know? She understands that yeah. it's a, her unique thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm quite excited for Toya because her friend Nina is now going to be able to work with her. Although, is she working from home? I think maybe she is. But Toya and Nina have had protests and things together, oh, haven't yeah. they? Maybe they can make protest pants. Protest pants. That's what I'm screwing out of this week. Right, let's, let's end this. Let's... I think protest pants, you laugh, but actually... There's definitely a market for protest pants for women with built-in shiwis. Yes, I think that's a really good point, especially if you do chain yourselves to the railings at Weatherfield yep. Town Hall. Mm-hmm. Right, Todd squad, not much. Paul's still, you know, he, he didn't sleep very well last night because his dead dad is playing around in his mind. Um, he's forgotten <laughs> that he was supposed to be taking Summer to the dentist today and he makes up the excuse to Billy that he's got to go and help move furniture with Rita, which I definitely think is a euphemism for something. Billy tells Jenny about this later and Jenny's like, hang on a minute, that doesn't make sense. Rita's up in Cartmel with Mavis. Name check. And uh, Billy's like, what's going on there then? Where's Paul been and why did he lie to me? Well, everybody, it turns out that Paul is becoming a volunteer for an outline for teenagers because he wants to do a bit of good. He reckons he can. And Billy thinks... I think this might be a bit too much. You might be biting off more than you can chew. You're going through a bit of a bad patch yourself and I don't think you're ready. So what's going to happen there? Maybe he's going to turn into Ted Bundy. I don't care. That's I a... think that would be the most interesting thing that could happen. Ted Bundy used to work on a suicide hotline mm. when he was um, a, a student. And yeah. he, one of his co-workers was a woman who later wrote a book about him. Oh, and they were best friends. Paul, Paul is really one of those ones that I really, really want to like, but I, I, I don't dislike him. I'm just very, very nonplussed by Paul. I like the idea of this story because of the toddness of it, although that's been a bit on the quiet side this week. Eileen, we still haven't heard from her friends. No, what is that? Jason's friends' COVID results. Well, no, can't, Eileen was getting COVID results as well, wasn't she? Yeah. No idea what's going on there unless they said it and it's I missed it. Delivering them by but, um, um, sea, obviously. Yeah, well, you know, it's Thailand. They do things different over there. I wonder whether this is a good idea for Paul to be on a helpline. I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think you need to help yourself. I said this before on the the podcast and it's a very well-worn saying now, but you have to put your oxygen mask on first. Yes, You can't be helping people when you are messed up. 
I'm just glad that they're actually saying that he's getting training. I hope the training weeds out people that are clearly not stable enough to be... Well, obviously not, because, I mean, it looks like he's he's getting a job. Or maybe he doesn't, and that makes him spiral into another one of his classic depressions. Who knows? I don't know. But, it's very um, aud- It's very audible. It's very laudable <laughs> for him to want to help, but I just don't think sort of telephone counselling yeah. is the best move. Perhaps no. Maybe he could work... I don't know. Coronation Street people like working in soup kitchens, don't they? He might even meet somebody maybe. from his past. Yeah, oh, mate, well, Todd could be at a soup kitchen, couldn't he? He could, couldn't he? Mm, he could. He could. Well, maybe he'll phone up the helpline. Oh, yeah, he could. That'd be a nice old coincidence, wouldn't it? Yeah. Maybe he'll phone up the helpline and go, oh, oh, it's so sad I can't help scamming people. And Paul will be like, oh, that's really sad. And he'll be like, yeah, I know. What's the long line on the front of your card? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, what are we writing this week? I mean, let, let, if we think about character of the week, I'm 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 going like it's kind of got to be Michael, really, with like an honorary mention for Sam. There's there's the, oh, yes, there's <laughs> there's lots of honorary mentions this week. Grace, I found I was really into her this week, and and I know I I, I sympathise with her more than you do, but I thought especially on today, I'm, uh, after Wednesday, it's like I don't want to see Grace again, but I'm glad that we got to see a lot of her today. She was great. Um, Leanne, yet again, wonderful. I thought, but. Um, annoying some people will say but I can I certainly sympathise and I, and I I'm I'm enjoying seeing her not giving up because the story ends and it gets boring if she's just like yeah let's just give up on him <laughs> can you imagine if that happened uh, yeah I, I'm, I'm quite into that that does that just put it into a bit Nick of perspective Nick was great this week I, I, I my, my, my heart melted for him when he read his letter and then he saw he saw Sam. I thought that that Ben Price did a, a really wonderful job of, yeah, of of getting getting that instant paternal bond with this son that he never knew he had. Um, Carla was fantastic, um, and I do like Sarah. Um, even even the salad, there's so much that I like this week, but it, it's got to be Michael just because it ties into the twist. I I thought that Ryan did a brilliant job. With, with everything that was given. Michael was a bit silly kidnapping Tiana, but um, I do think that he made the right decision to not go to Spain with Grace. Yeah. As, much, as difficult as it was for him, because he could have had a lovely family there. What were you going to say? I don't think he really kidnapped Tiana in that he did not believe that what he was doing was actually wrong. Mm. And I'm not... Obviously, I understand that you can commit crimes without realising that you're doing it, but... For the purposes of this, I just want to make it clear that I really feel like he he was in his mind. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've forgotten someone else that we should be character of the week. James. Football. <laughs> Maybe next time. Maybe next Football time. Football makes James yes. happy. Um, I am going to... The rating is really hard because I watched the end of Monday's episodes like oh no and I saw some people online going oh that was quite a good episode today and I was like no I wasn't feeling it and then even through like the first half of Wednesday's episode I was like oh, I don't, I don't, no, this isn't going to be good but from that interview scene onwards I was gripped and it's not I can't remember the last time that one scene has flipped a Coronation Street week completely 180 in my estimations I was just bumbling along going yeah whatever for a lot of it and then from that moment onwards pretty much everything that came after it was really really strong stuff so 
I don't think I can give it a four because too much at the beginning wasn't great. So it's with a very, very heavy heart that in a week that saw some fantastic acting and brilliant twists, I've got to give it three and a half monthly subscriptions to Haggis Eaters out of five. What about you? I, I th- I'm going to give it a four because I, th- I just think that... Um, there, I, I'm so close to a four, but... There was a lot there that I really enjoyed and... What are you going to give it a four of? Projectile staplers. <laughs> Wonderful. Oh, and that's it. And that is going to be it for the podcast, isn't it? We is it? Yeah, we're not going to do the Facebook scores. No, no, no. Oh, oh, I've got them. No, I've got them. I'll give the Facebook scores, just the Facebook scores for last week's episode because people did take the time to vote. It's not my birthday anymore. Oh, I haven't written them down. I didn't calculate this week. We've had a really busy week. We've had a really, really busy week. I'm sorry. It's Gemma's birthday. Thank you for everyone that voted. It's not my birthday anymore. I have not got the Facebook scores. I forgot to do that average. But thank you. And that's it. This is like the worst episode we'll ever do. What do you mean? I thought we had a great... No, I mean, like, as far as not doing what we're supposed to, this is the standard. This is one of our flakiest episodes. This will be, like, the worst it's ever going to get. That's what I'm trying to say. But sometimes we don't do a middle section, do we? And we have got our bonus Morton's episode for people that want more Conversation Street pod content. And if you want even more than that, don't forget you got our Patreon as well. Because we uploaded last weekend's another Patreon episode, which was our top five jobs that we'd like to have in Weatherfield. And that's a jolly good episode as well, I thought. And we had a very good time (laughs) finding out what each other thought that we would want to do if we were a character in Coronation Street and some of my choices looking back at them I was like why did I choose that but uh, yeah that's great as well so do do tune into that if you're a patron and if you're not you know what to do go over to patreon.com slash conversation street and sign yourself up don't forget also if you like that you as soon as you sign up you pay for that month and then you get charged at the beginning of each month so if you join up like the end of say you join up the end say you join up the end of this month like the 28th or something you're going to get another charge at the beginning of the month after that so please and there's nothing that we can we do can't to... change that and so please just keep that in mind when you want to sign up we don't want people to feel cheated so out what we're of saying stuff. that now at the beginning of the month is the perfect time to sign up <laughs> yeah why don't basically. you basically there's lots of content on there there's 13 episodes patreon episodes and bonus stuff and also we'll let you know when we're doing interviews and sometimes you can submit questions if there's enough time and yes. you'll get the notes from the podcasts etc and merchandise depending on what depending tier on you're tier on you to, yeah. so. but that is not the only place that you can get on t- in touch with us via social media we are at conversationstreet at gmail.com if you'd like to send us your comments again thank you very much to the people that did email us, us this week I hope you can understand why we haven't got them today um, we're on Twitter at conversationstreet We've got a Facebook page. We've got a Facebook group, which you can get to from the page because there ain't much on the page itself. Um, we're on Instagram. We're on YouTube. What did we, uh, this week on YouTube, we uh, re-uploaded the discussion we had last year on the factories of Weatherfield, that which tied really in very nicely to um, the factory possibly changing hands if uh, if Nick and Ray thing were to go <laughs> differently. So, um, yeah, check it all out. There's plenty of conversation street to go around even when we don't do a, a full episode like today. 
But that's it. And uh, looking at the clock, Gemma, half past 12, it's not your birthday anymore. I've said this twice now. What? You weren't listening to me. Oh, did you? Sorry. I said it's not my birthday anymore, twice. Oh, I'll still make you a cup of birthday you still, tea. You still decided to throw it in my face, though. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You, I'm the mean one. I don't think so. I enjoyed talking about Coronation Street this week. You, you ended up last week saying that you thought it was a bit of a naff episode from your point of view, you didn't think you explained yourself very well, but then lots of people wrote in and said that you did a jolly good job, and then you said you re-listened to it and you thought you did all right, so... I, I feeling... definitely thought I talked a lot more in circles than I did, but I, I definitely feel like I explained my dislike for Nikki and her story, and I didn't sound like too much of a dick. <laughs> so that's the main what, thing. And what about this week? You feeling, feeling happy with this this week? No. I, why? I thought it was good with our lovely gushing about the Baileys and about Sam and about um, other stuff. Which storylines did you read on about? I read the, the, the hospital stuff. No, I read... I can't remember now. I started with the Baileys one, didn't I? Yeah. Then what happened? Oh, did we... Oh, we didn't alternate properly. I just let you do it. You were very excited. Did I do the rest of them? You did You did um, to- Toya and Crossy Osborne. Oh, yeah. And you forced me to talk about the, the Boring factory machine. stuff. <laughs> anyway, right, shall we sign off? Thank <laughs> you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for everyone who sent lovely birthday messages Thank to Thank you Gemma. to everybody. He said, he said, happy birthday to me. Now I'm a year older. Oh, well. Oh. I don't know what to say. Just as beautiful as the day that I met you. Rubbish. <laughs> right. Um, goodbye everybody see you next week hopefully back to normal with our episode don't know what the middle bit's gonna be hopefully something good bye say bye Gemma bye bye the music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com apart from this music happy birthday to you happy birthday to you thanks happy birthday do you know one, I will just want to say one thing oh okay the first time all year I, when I washed my hands I was legitimately singing happy birthday to myself on the correct day <laughs> and almost every single time all this year when I washed my hands and sang happy birthday to myself I thought huh, wouldn't it be funny when it's my actual birthday and do you know funny. what it was <laughs> oh. <laughs> bye bye <laughs>